It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Rooker, it's a fly ball to deep center. Robert going back at the track. He will turn and watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. Adonis Garcia sends on the other way. That sends Carroll back. He's at the Labor. Torres is there. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to stuff plus <laughs> to walk-off dingers, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. It is day four Cactus League action A's Cast Live. We've got you covered here. Spring training and boy what a show. We have got some big time names to bring you today, our final day. Well, the final day for the A's cast crew as Co- Commander Cody, you will be heading north, as they like to say, back home. I will be sticking around for a few more days as first game is tomorrow. Yeah, against the Rock Pile. Against the Rockies, and that's gonna be Johnny and Vince, and then Sunday will be Johnny and myself will be on the call. Who's got Monday? Probably uh, Vince and Johnny yeah, yeah. again. I'd have to look at the and then, broadcast schedule. Oh, the great Ken, Ken Korak? Yeah. Wow. It's nice that when our, our boss is here, because I haven't looked at the broadcast DA schedule. DA must yet. have to, I mean, had to send a limo for Korak. <laughs> Did you have to get a private plane to get Ken Korak to come down to spring? And then I'll do Tuesday's game, and then uh, we'll be heading back. And, of course, starting Monday, our pregame will be back. We will have you, we'll be getting you prepared two hours before first pitch every single day, uh, Monday through Friday, as we're getting back in action, A's Cast Live. So we're here uh, for four days preparing you for the season, but we're going to be back pregame style on starting on Monday. Yeah, we're going to have some guys left over that we didn't, we're not going to get a chance to play today. We're supposed to talk to, uh, our good friend Fran Reardon, uh, Eric Martins. Um, E-Mart. Uh, you might know him as Brownie. We know him as Sarge. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got All I know is doing a little TV with Bip Roberts. He he would call him Sarge. I go, I've never heard that nickname. We're going to find out um, whether that is a legit nickname for Seth Brown. But a lot to get into. Big names today. You want to run off the names we're going to have? We're going well, to- I'm just going to tell you, we sat down with Zach Geloff. And the more you're around Zach Geloff, you know, it's like the smell test. I, I, it's it's just looks like a star, acts like a star, plays like a star. This kid is something special. There's, I mean, you sit down with Zach Geloff and you realize, 
yeah, this 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 is a prime time. This kid's prime time. There's no doubt about it. So run the list of all the people we're gonna have. So Zach Geloff, uh, our all star from last year, Brent Rooker, our all star from two years ago, Paul Blackburn, uh, JP Sears, Joe Boyle, and the director of spring training business operations here at Hohokam for the. Tenth season, that'd be Joe Pun will be on as well. As the first game, as you mentioned, is tomorrow. Yeah, a specialty beer that you can only buy here at the ballpark. It's an IPA hazy will be sold here at Hoho Camp. Yeah. Uh, Hoho Haze from Twelve West Brewing, which is right here in Mesa. Nice. Ray and yeah. I, with a few of the our uh, cohorts from A's Marketing, went there yesterday. Um, they're ha- I was told by Joe. Did Pine, they have that beer there? No, but he said the hazy they have there is very similar to the one they will have here at home. Did I'm you sorry, partake tomorrow. in the hazy there? I, I did, and that's why my sugar was a little high today, so I gotta not drink that again. So, <laughs> did you like it? It was good, yeah. All right, very good, very good. So, interesting question, and yes, it's it's way down the road. It's definitely the cart before the horse. That's what we do here, though. But I liked the question on the way to dinner that you threw at me out of nowhere. That was, originally, I guess, originated from the great Vittorio Raider Vito DiBartolo. From uh, marketing. Marketing, and then they brought it to Ray and I yesterday, and now I stole it from them. Well, because Brent Rooker really changed things last year when it came to who was the A's All-Star. Because when you're a team that's not a very good team, you're going to have an all-star. Usually it makes it real easy just to say, who's the best reliever, put him on the team. But now the way we elect all-stars is so different. The players have a vote, and he was voted in. Rook was voted in by the players. Yeah. So a bad team getting a position player doesn't happen to – doesn't happen a lot. No, it doesn't. And we all thought it was going to be a pitcher last year, for sure. No doubt. Well, you asked me the question because that was floating around. It's way too early to talk about this, but I like the question. Before a game starts, if you had to do an early prediction and bet, who do you think would be the all-star? I was like, wow. I had to think about it for a minute, and then it became fairly obvious who I think the easy one the favorite would be. Because once again, position players are tough to get in, especially if we are not going to be one of the better teams right out of the gate, which I do think we're going to win far more games than people think. And I'm standing by that. And you wait. I I may not look great now. Check with me at the midway point. Yeah, I mean – we were what would I say? We were twelve and forty six through the first we're two months. We're not going to be like that again. No, I mean it would. You know, we won the first game of March last year. Then there was like five wins in April, six in and in, in May, and it just was bad. I think it's way better than that this year. But yeah, uh, the guy you think is the chalk pick was the guy I actually went with. I think it's the chalk pick. Um, but I went with. Uh, I, went I think with, I think we're in Vegas. We're in a sports book, and we have them lined up in the odds. I think the odds on favorite. I called it chalk. And, of course, you went with it. I went with uh, – It's a good pick. It's the favorite. I went with Mason Miller. Yeah. Our all-star. If he stays healthy, he's the closer. He throws 104. Um, I think he'd be a guy to be electric in the all-star game. Put it this way. He's a top prospect. He is somebody that everybody knows in, in the inner baseball circles. If I pull out my Athlon baseball magazine, he's got a picture in it. So it's not like he's got any surprise. He's like a, a prospect darling. And what does baseball love? Prospect darlings, right? So if he comes out and makes this transition as we've compared him to Jason Isringhausen and all of a sudden 
here comes the all-star break and he's got, let's say, 20 saves and he's got a super low ERA and he's punched out a bazillion people, I think it's going to be real easy to say, Mason Miller, welcome to the all-star game in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, and you know me, I'm a sucker for former former starters becoming relief pitchers. Started with Andrew Miller, Josh Hader, A.J. Puck, and now Mason Miller. So I thought I know it's a chalk pick, but I think that he could be the all-star if he stays healthy. And that arm plays, and we want exciting guys in the all-star game. And what's more exciting than a guy that throws that hard? Now, I don't want him going out there throwing 104 every pitch. Like, was it a few years ago? Remember when Brad Penny started the all-star game? And he's throwing Brad like, Penny was throwing 100. Yeah, and it's like Brad Penny's throwing that hard, but he's out there just every pitch throwing 100. I don't he need, was humping it up. We don't need Mason Miller to do that because we, we need to save him for the rest of the season. Now, after that, it's an interesting conversation because, as you as we just talked about, you're going to hear from Zach Geloff. I'm going to give you mine, and I and I and I think I have a legit, re, I have legit re- reasoning, and I'm going to go with Ryan Noda because Ryan Noda is going to be no question one of the top on base guys. He's going to be top five in the league, mm-hmm. right? He adds more power like I, we think he, he's going to. That means he's going to have one of the highest OPSs in the league. And then we know with Ryan Noda for his size, he's got the size and speed of, of a linebacker. So he's by far a better athlete than you think. I'm going to go Ryan Noda. It's a solid pick. I knew you – I mean, you're a big Noda guy. You, you, you're the conductor but, of the train. But, <laughs> I mean, but look, look when we when, – the things that we focus on now – it's easy to justify a guy making that type of team if I look at all these different lists and he's top five and on base, and there he is in slugging, and he's there in OPS, which means he's there in OPS+. plus. It makes it a lot easier to justify the pick. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the first base, I'm trying to think of, like, if you're looking at the first baseman in the American League, I mean, like, for second baseman with Geloff, he has to jump past Marcus. Uh, Jose Altuve, like he has to have a better year than those two guys because they're going to get voted in by the fans. Where in fir- the first base might be a little easier for Noted again, and plus he'll be in a top five in walks and on base percentage, and his OPS yes. will be high. And we want to see more power from him, which we know he could do it. He hit a lot of home runs in AAA, and I think that you know with fourteen if last year, if he adds the home runs with the on base, and now you're sporting in the range of nine hundred plus, yeah, that's going to be a big deal. Like, like, these are the things that we really look at now in the game. And if all of a sudden you're going to OPS plus and he's well over, you know, he's one whatever, well over 120, and you're looking at an OPS well over 900. I mean, now you're now you're looking at something. Yeah, and if you look if you look at the, the some of the guys in the first base first baseman in the uh, in the American League, you got like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But then after that, it it's kind of by the of, way who has not been no, and then you got. Tristan Casas, who's a nice player for the Red Sox. Very good young player. Torkelson came on strong for the for Detroit last year. A lot of people think he's going to break out. We'll see. Former 1-1. Uh, Yandy Diaz is a nice player. He's probably the best first baseman in the American League. But then you have Josh that, Naylor. That, 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 that's yeah. what, yeah, that's I mean, what that's I'm saying. Like, then the, the, only other guy on, the only other guy on here on. maybe that you could see maybe being an all-star is like Ryan Mountcastle because he has a lot of home runs for the Orioles. But, so, Noda but, has so a good you shot. you take a guy like Naylor, I will I, – I will, if 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 the progression of Ryan Noda continues, he will have better numbers than most of those guys, especially when we're talking about OPS because his on-base percentage will be so high. What do we joke about with, with David Force about Ryan Noda? What does he do? 
He gets on base. He gets on base. Ryan Node at one point was leading the American League in on-base percentage. Yes. He could be, again, leading the league in on-base percentage. You had X amount of home runs. That just – it's a game of math. You'd have a monster OPS. Like, I just won – I just Google searched, like, first baseman in the American League. And, I, of course, the first thing is up is fantasy pros because people love fantasy baseball. So, I was yeah. looking at this website. They have Noda ranked as the 27th best first baseman. Mark Hanna's ahead of him because, remember, Hanna's now on Detroit. Canada doesn't you're, really. You're kidding, you're, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, like the guy, some of the guys on here, I think I think Noto is a much better player than a lot of these guys that are on here. All so right. That's, so that's a good pick. Uh, I did ask uh, Vito what who his pick was, and he went with Lucas Ersig. So another reliever. That is the that's the other one. Is if it's not going to be Mason Miller, whoever the other guy is who does well in the bullpen, once again, easier to get a bullpen guy onto the all-star team. So that could be Jackson, that could be Jimenez, that could be Ursig, that could be Gott. That could be quite a few guys. But whoever the unnamed guy who gets a lot of the save opportunities other than Mason yeah. Miller. The, um, the best odds you could get, I love this one, the best odds. The unnamed guy who's playing <laughs> third. Yeah. We don't know who's going to play third. Could be a Letmus, could be Abraham Toro, could be Andujar. Could well, be, Andujar got ruled out by oh, the, right, Forrest, yeah, by the Forrest, uh, yeah. GM. By so, the GM. could be Brett Harris, could be uh, Hernays. Uh, or is it Hernays? Hernays. Hernays, okay. By the way, met Hernays today. So, the Rawlings gold glove, uh, as our friend Ray Fossey would always say, uh, the Rawlings guy was here, and... Daryl Hernays saw me. He was over with the gloves. Saw me, came over and introduced himself. I thought that was very interesting for a young player. Obviously, he's been seeing what we're doing, and maybe he watches the show like some of the players. But Daryl Hernays made a, made a point to uh, walk over and introduce himself. Yeah, I've never got a chance to. Uh, oh, wow, Tony Kemp to the Reds. On a minor, minor league, league deal. deal. So he's back with Sam Mall. No, Mall's a – where's Mall at now? Is he still there? Is he Did that say Blake Snell signed? No, it's talking about the core four, oh. the Boris four. So Tony Kemp is now a Cincinnati Red. So a minor, minor league, league deal. deal. Well, I mean, he played at Vandy, so he's close to, you know, Tennessee. He lives in Tennessee. Love the guy. Great human being. Could see him in the broadcast booth. Could see him in an A's broadcast booth. I know he was such a fan favorite. But I remember at the trading deadline and people were like, oh, my God, no, Tony Kemp, you can't leave. And I remember Tony Kemp was getting all those at-bats, and you know I wasn't happy about it. Here we are, February 23rd, and he's signing a minor league deal with the Reds. Yeah, John Heyman. Does that tell you everything you need to know about Tony Kemp and why I had no idea why he was getting all the at-bats he got last year? I could not believe he was getting all those at-bats. Yeah, and now the best he gets is a minor league deal right before game start. I mean, it tells you what the industry thinks. Uh, and well, he's going to be playing here in uh, once again. Arizona. A great guy, great guy. Love Tony Kemp. Root for him. But you remember, I was going against the grain, and the fans didn't like it. But I'm like, why is he getting all these at bats? It makes zero sense for the future of this team and for his numbers. His numbers didn't justify him getting all those at-bats. We gave him all those at-bats. Now he's a free agent. He's on the open market, and the best he gets right before game starts is a minor league deal. Yeah, that was John Hammond that reported that as well on X. Um, we're, another couple real quick before we get to Zach Geloff. A couple interesting guys that uh, that are st- some of our guys picked for all Ray picked Lawrence Butler as an all-star. LB. That's, that's the dark horse candidate. 
And uh, LB's a terrific athlete, terrific kid, high character guy. Could be a dominant center fielder if it all clicks. I mean, I like it. What else you got? Our creative director, John, yeah. uh, went with Shea Langoliers. Shea Langoliers is a phenomenal pick. Yeah, that's uh, that's another one that could actually happen because you look at some of the catchers in the American League and you saw what Shea did last year with 22 homers, the fourth ace catcher to ever do that. Uh, I Once think again, you got to you, – you, when you talk about this conversation, you got to understand how – the roster gets set up, right? Yeah. Certain positions are easier to make the all-star game than others. That's why we talk about relievers. Catcher is a great example. If Shailene Aliers goes out and, and is hot, I think he can be a 30-home run guy. Is that fair? That's a high number, at least 25. He hit 22 last year, started figuring out. Let's say he gets hot and before the all-star game has like 15 yeah. He could easily be. I thought that was a great – that was – I I wish I would have thought of that one. I think Shea Langoliers is a great pick. I mean, the only catchers in the American League you would think, like, okay, this guy's going to maybe get it over him. I mean, Adley Rushman will be uh, – if, if stays healthy, has a good year, he'll be in. Correct. But some of the other guys you have in here, like uh, DS from the Astros, who's young, he had a good year last year. The big dumper, Cal Raleigh, and then Jonah Heim, uh, who had a good year Jonah last year. Jonah Heim had a great year but last year. But could he do year. it again? Garver's going to DH most likely, I would say, for Seattle – and then your guy down in uh, Anaheim, Logan O'Hoppy. Oh, love me. Well, I want to be in business with him. <laughs> I don't like him. I mean, I don't know him as a player. Logan O'Hoppy to me, if anybody knows Logan O'Hoppy, give him my number. I want to start O'Hoppies outside of the big A. I, I just I think it's a great business. Could be a great business deal. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple breweries outside of the big A. I've been to them. My wife obviously being an Angels fan. Oh. But O'Hoppies, we would dominate. Yes, 100%. Um, just like this idea that you and Lawrence Butler came up with. That. I have a, Don't I have spoil a, it. Let's say I, I have a business, idea, uh, a business idea for LB. I mean, LB's idea was I actually really liked his idea of what he wanted to do. I mean, I'm all for it. I will step aside for Lawrence Butler. If Lawrence Butler makes this team, we have business and opportunities for him here on Ace Cast Live. And if you don't know, Lawrence Butler has been watching this show since he was in A-ball. He's a, he's he watches this show. He and Bobby Crosby used to watch the show together. If you don't think the A's players, these young players, why do you think Daryl Hernandez came up to me today to introduce himself? These guys know. They know where the coverage is coming from, right? Yeah. Lawrence Butler has been watching the show if Lawrence Butler, he has my word. If he makes this team, we've got opportunity for him. Yeah, um, look, I'm look. He's a great. He's a nice, great kid. Dynamic. I would. Love good it. interview. I would love. Exciting. Great smile. I would love to see Lawrence Butler in center, JJ Blade in right, and put Ruiz in left. Let's go. Yeah, that's. Let's I like go. That. I saw Ruiz earlier. I mean. Uh, I wanted that he was going to. I was going to chat him up, but so eighty. You think you get the eighty stolen bases this year? What did he finish with? Sixty. Ooh. Let me look. I th- it was in the high sixties. I thought. Maybe and what, did the injury happen in Washington? Where were we when? They, I think it was. Wasn't it? So it wasn't something with against uh, the Nats. Yeah, sixty-seven stolen bases. Sixty-seven. He could easily get eighty. He, yeah. Eighty seems like low. What, Acuna finished with about seventy something, right? Ronald Acuna finished the uh, reigning uh, so uh, Fru- National League MVP. Ruiz doesn't get hurt. 80s not. No, not at all. Uh, let's see. Acuna had 73 last year. 
So he had 41 homers, 73 steals. That's incredible. I mean, the thing about a guy hitting 41 home runs and drive and stealing 70, 73 bags, um, the whole new definition, the 40-40. Totally. But Ruiz, I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, Ruiz, you think. All right, let's get to Zach Geloff. Zach Geloff, like I said, smell test. I, I just – guy looks like a star, plays like a star. This kid's going to be a star. He's going to be something special. He joined us earlier today right here on the field. We got him in full uni, by the way. Yeah. Wedding gown whites. Here is Zach Geloff. Finally catch up with you. How, how's, how are things going so far we haven't started the games yet, but obviously this is a very interesting spring training for you. Yeah, it's the biggest one I've been a part of. Um, you know, a lot of people battling for spots and, you know, being really competitive. And, you know, we're all just having a blast so far. So when I when I think about you and I think about when you came up and the success that you had, there's expectations, but I think they're healthy expectations. How do you feel and what are you setting for yourself? I'm not going to say necessarily goals or numbers, but what are your expectations for spring training? My expectation is to show up every day with a competitive attitude and, and you know, get my work in um, and ultimately try to bring guys with me. Um, yeah, I think we have a great group. Um, so my goal is to just show up every day and, you know, be a best teammate I, I can be and, you know, continue to get better with this team. We talked to Lawrence Butler about this. It's kind of like a us against the world mentality with all the noise and all the stuff going on outside. A lot of people are forgetting what's happening on the field and what kind of character and what kind of athletes you got in that clubhouse. I kind of like there's a little bit of a chip on everybody's shoulder. Are you feeling that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, you know, you always got to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and, you know, with the circumstances right now surrounding this team, I think it's pretty easy. And, um, you know, I think, if anything, it brings us closer together as teammates. So we're going to continue to use that and, you know, try to get better from it. A leadership role is always interesting, especially in baseball where you got a lot of players, you know, no one, you know, it's not like football where you go, you're captain and you vote on this kind of stuff. But, but for you being in this organization and playing with a lot of these guys for a long time, talk about kind of being one of the leaders of this clubhouse and be one of the guys that a lot of people look to. Um, yeah, I try not to really think about it. I think for me, it just goes back to saying, you know, show up every day, get your work in. I think others will follow. Um, and I obviously look up to, you know, the veteran guys in this clubhouse as well. And I think, um, it's nothing but healthy and, you know, we're always giving each other crap here and there, but yeah. I think it's, it's for the better. And, um, you know, just continue to, to go about my actions the way I think is the right way to play this game and, and put the work in and then, you know, just, like I said, I keep saying it, but it's continuing to get better and, and bringing guys with you. What was the key things you worked on this off season? Being more consistent, um, you know, you know, direct to the ball, um, but ultimately just becoming bigger, faster, stronger, um, and building on the routines that I picked up last year that I thought were successful. Well, I'll tell you what, I think you noticed too, there's a lot of big athletes in that clubhouse. Probably, probably the most we've seen in a while. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, there's a lot of big, especially the pitchers I'm seeing over here. They're huge. We got like um, a basketball team. It's like six, seven, six, seven, six, five. I'm looking over there. Mason Miller, he's Superman, man. Right. He's, he's huge. There's 101. So, and then you then God, we have, you know, Bladé's a big kid. Oh, Lawrence yeah. Butler's a big guy. You got oh, some size too, especially for a second baseman. Yeah. How much do people talk about that? Cause I know when, when I first saw you and you came to the Bay Area and you played against the San Jose Giants. You were you were a third baseman. Yep. You're projected third. 
how many people, what's it like when people talk to you about being a bigger second baseman? Um, I look to him and I say, DJ LeMahieu. That's really all you, all you got to say. And, you know, there's been countless others, but. I have a comp um, for you, by the way. Oh, I've I've heard the comp, and I've I saw it on the scoreboard in, in Oakland every every freaking day. So did you really? Did well, you I mean, play every, that? they played it every few days. So <laughs> I, all the guys were sorry about that. All the guys were giving me. Do giving you know Ryan Samberg? Oh yeah, yeah, I know who he is. You <laughs> remind me of Ryan. I'm telling you, the way you play, size, the speed, you remind me a lot of a young Ryan Samberg. Yeah, it's obviously a, you know, a really really good comp for me. I love to have the career he had and. He was super successful, but, uh, you know, it's so far down the road. I, you know, hopefully have a career even close to that. So what was the key thing for you this off season where you, I got to get away from baseball. Like what was like the fun? What was, did you travel? What was something that you did? Um, I, so I never felt like I had to get away from baseball, but I knew it was part of the process, um, after a season that you have to do it. Um, so for me, I, I went straight to, uh, Hawaii and you know stay on the big island and i think in the honolulu area with my family friends back from home um you know for a few days close to a week and went there hung out um <laughs> did a lot of fishing i threw up on on the boat and that was great got that out of the way <laughs> you didn't uh, do the drama mean huh <laughs> no no none of that they're all natural over there i don't think they have anything like that it's all fun till the boat starts going like this oh yeah, yeah. i thought by jumping in it it helped a little bit and it did until i got right back on the boat so <laughs> that's that was pretty funny and then how did you feel once you got back you start you still feel it when you got on land, you're yeah. saying, "Oh yeah, yeah." You feel and you it. think like you're gonna lay down, but you lay down and you still feel it. I know, I know, and it's funny because I'm from the beach, so I sh I should not get the seasickness, but it's just something I've I've had. So uh, that was that was a funny experience. But did some hiking and, and just try to stay active, and then um, you know visiting friends in different cities. Like I went to New York, went to Boston, um, but good. I started I started yeah, lifting. For you. I think I started lifting like two and a half weeks after the season ended. So that was something that you know it's just part of you know me having a healthy lifestyle like i love doing it um and as far as baseball activity i didn't really start it until december 1st well because because so many times in your young career like even like when you're playing college ball you never really stop right you go from college and you play in the summer and in your minor leagues you're always you're always playing always trying to get better but then you get to the big leagues and you play so much at some point, you've got to get away from it. You've got to disconnect. You've got to let the body rest. Not only for, you know, people think so much of it's just for for physical. It's also mental. You need to kind of get away for yourself. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, I love baseball, and I want to – I feel like at the end of the season I could have kept playing um, because I love it so much. You know, ups and downs, getting better every day. And um, I think for me, being a young player is just leaning on the veteran guys that have more experience – um, you know, talking to guys like Aledmus Diaz and, and Seth Brown of, you know, how, how much off time I should I should get and kind of pulling from them to, you know, to try to see what, what's best for me. Well, I got to tell you, one of the fun things about doing this job is watching guys careers grow and watching you come up now watching this spring training and then your first full year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay healthy. Have a great time. Sky's the limit. You guys are going to win a lot more than people think. I love that uh, us against the world and uh, enjoy spring training. And the next time we'll see you, we'll see you in Oakland. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. How about that? I didn't think about that. So we know some of the players watch the show. 
I forget that they air the show during batting practice when no one's in the stands. They'll be running the show, and these guys are listening to what we say. <laughs> and I feel bad that the, the repeat of me saying Geloff, I'm telling you, he reminds me of Ryan Sandberg. I'm going to keep saying it. It's a broken record, but I'm going to keep saying it. And that's something that that should mean a lot. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. You're talking about one of the greatest players, if not one of the great second basemen of all time. I take blame for that because they asked for clips to play on the scoreboard, and I took the clip of you talking about him being Ryan Sandberg and sent it to them and told them to blast it all over the scoreboard. And um, So, sorry. To, I apologize to you and to Zach Geloff for that happening, but, hey, content's content. Hey, why, why should anybody apologize when you're talking about l – let's go over these credentials who I'm comparing him to. Ryan Sandberg is a ten was a 10-time All-Star, a nine-time Gold Glove winner, nine-time, seven-time Silver Slugger Award winner, a second baseman who led the National League in home runs, an MVP in 1984, and was a MV and was voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2005. Those are some serious credentials. Yeah, I mean, he has the potential. He has the talent. You know, he has the moxie. I love how confident he is. Um, and he, he could tell he's going to become the, an instant leader, if not already an instant leader in that clubhouse. And those guys, those young guys like him and Butler and Soderstrom and um, Noda, all the young younger guys, they all are super close, and that's awesome to see. And they're just going to keep growing. That's what happens when the, the organization has these young guys. They come up together. They grow together. They, they lose together. And they win together, and they win for years together. And that's what we're, hopefully we're starting to see with these guys now. Well, we shouldn't be surprised. Like, this is what happens. You have a run, you regroup, everybody's angry, and then you regroup again. We're part of the regrouping again. Yeah. I mean, that's just I, – I understand all of the stuff that's going away from the baseball field. We totally understand that. But when it comes to the baseball side, this is what we see. You have your run, regroup, you get it going again, and the A's are starting to get it going again. And I actually got a chance to, to speak with Lawrence Butler earlier today – and he was talking about, yeah, I was talking with Gelfa. You know, they're 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 all like tired of people bagging on because they feel it's kind of bagging on them. So this this young group, they got a chip on their shoulder. But like Lawrence told us, like he's talking with Gelfa. These guys talk. These guys communicate. These guys have played together. They're buddies. They're ready to go. They're ready for the fight. And that's what's key. All right, who do we got coming up next? To be the great Brent Rooker, our all star. All right, so Brent Rooker, you when you talk about a good story, a good feel good, a good a feel good, a good feel good sports story, Brent Rooker, we talked about it with David Force. We talked about you're gonna hear it with Rooker. If Brent Rooker last year, at the very, very, very end, it's the Bay Bridge series, they had one move to make, it's Pache versus Rooker. If Rooker doesn't get selected, I don't even know where he is in baseball right now. Yeah, it's fair. It's a fair point, right? It is fair, right? If 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 the A's, if you couldn't make last year's A's roster, whose roster were you gonna make? Probably would have got a minor league deal somewhere. I don't. Know. Brent Rooker at this time, who knows where he would be? Another minor league deal, maybe even I've hung it up. Yeah. But the A's chose him, gave him the opportunity, got hot. Next, you know, ended up in the All-Star game, 
Life has absolutely changed. It is a great story, and Mark Kotze used it at the start of spring training to inspire all these guys to let them know. Anybody in this room can make it happen. Nobody is blocked. There's no long-term deals. If you play well, you will get the opportunity, and Brent Rooker is the great example. Here is last year's A's All-Star. It's good to have you back on the program. How are you? Good to be back. Doing well. Um, happy to be back in, in Mesa, obviously, getting camp rolling. First few days have been great. Looking forward to game starting here in uh, just a couple of days. So everything's been good. You know, one of the I was just talking about it. One of the, one of the cool things this offseason is going down to the golf tournament down at Pebble, and it was the day you did the uh, players only on Sirius XM, and an hour long. It was like, Watching you get a little national run was pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I had a good time with those guys. I like getting on and just kind of having the freedom, just talk and hang out and chat about whatever. Um, so I had a good time with that. Big into breakfast. I didn't know you were such a big breakfast guy. Yeah, that was uh, that was just something I did throughout the throughout the season last year. I mean, I've always been a guy who whatever whatever city I'm in tries to get out, tries to eat in the morning, tries to go visit new places. Um, so I just kind of kept the running tab of it throughout the season and, and tweeted it, you know, just kind of tweeted some of my favorites as soon as the season ended and you know, the off season started. Um, and it got some run. People enjoyed it. People like uh, people tend to, to enjoy when we kind of give perspective on things that aren't baseball too. So I think, uh, I think a lot of people enjoyed that. Are you surprised by that? Cause I'm not, cause it actually, it's, 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 it humanizes you because everybody sure. eats breakfast and everything. So uh, For sure. were you surprised that, that so many people liked it? Um, I mean, it definitely, it got more run than I thought it was going to. Um, it was, it was kind of covered and talked about a lot of different places, which was cool. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it because it's just like a, a lighthearted, fun, relatable thing to talk about. Um, and then, you know, it's something I'll continue to do just because people enjoyed it so much. Covering your journey last year was awesome. But I think the way that, Mark Kotze utilize you to explain what the opportunity is like for all these young men that in that clubhouse, what they can be using you after everything you'd been through in this game. When he did that, what did that mean to you, that opening speech? Yeah, that meant a lot. Obviously, um, Cots played an instrumental role in, in my season last year. Um, you know, whether it was just me making the team initially, putting his faith in me, um, you know, giving me his vote to to be on that roster and, and be a guy that he thought could contribute to, to um, keeping faith in me throughout the year, during the during the good times, during the bad times, uh, giving me the opportunity, giving me the at-bats, um, you know, letting me go out and, and do what I do. So for him to, to, get, to deliver that message was really cool for me. Um, I, I it, was, it was pretty special and just not him, not only him kind of recognizing that, but being able to be an example to these younger guys about, look, or even even not, I mean, younger guys and guys that are maybe a little bit older, just like I was, that maybe haven't been given uh, enough opportunity and to come here and you have a, you have a chance to, to earn a lot of at-bats in spring training, earn some playing time, and then kind of take it and run with it. Yeah, that was really special. That was cool. And, and to hear it, uh, that, that definitely means something. And then I think about you this year, right? Like, think how many times spring training, you're grinding every at-bat. You're grinding everything. You're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to make a roster spot. Just how nice was this offseason, the training mentally and physically going into this, this, you know, this offseason coming into this camp, just how different and how nice has it been? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a little bit relaxing. You kind of don't feel that weight as much in your shoulders, but I'm trying to approach spring training the same. I'm trying to go out there and compete every bat, continue to get better. 
Um, you know, I think we've got a lot of guys in that locker room who are going to want playing time, who are going to want to bat. So I've got to continue to compete and improve in order to, um, to earn the opportunity to have another good year. So I'm going to go out um, you know, when games start here on Saturday, uh, put, put forth the same effort, the same preparation I always have. Um, just try to get the season um, off on a good foot. When you look at the the guys that you're 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 playing with every single day, talk about the progress you've seen in the young guys. Because the one thing I think we all see is a lot of good young athletes, athleticism in that clubhouse right now. Absolutely, there is a lot of talent in there. Um, a lot of young talent, a lot of inexperienced talent, a lot of guys who are going to play a lot this year and get a lot better um, from from start to finish, just like they did when they came up last year. Whether it's Geloff or, or Lawrence or even Noda getting another full year under his belt. Um, just continuing to hone his approach on the hone what he does offensively. Uh, the arms are obviously super exciting. Uh, you know, Medina getting some more experience. Um, Joe Boyle's a guy who came up last year and threw the ball really well at the end of the year. Um, you know, Joey did pretty well as well. So I think there's a lot of guys in there who have a ton of talent and who just need reps and who need experience that are going to be pretty special. Let's end on this. How much better do you think this team is going to be? this year versus last year? Uh, I think, I think we're going to be significantly improved. I think kind of, you know, we last year, the way it went as a team, it started off really, really not going our way, obviously. And we kind of picked it up. We played much better the second half. We were a competitive team the last few months. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of the bar now is we're going to go out and try to improve on that. So we're going to look to go out and surprise some people early on um, with just the way we play and and putting forth, uh, we're going to, you know, out, try to out prepare and out compete and, and out, out, um, out effort other teams. And I think we're going to, we're going to start off. Um, I'm not going to say start hot because you don't know how baseball works, right? But we're going to go out there and we're going to, we're going to compete from pitch one. Um, I think we're going to be much improved on last year. and It's gonna be fun to watch. I think we could come up with a cool name like dingers and breakfast, or mm-hmm. we come up with a name because you definitely, it's the one thing as everybody, just about everybody eats breakfast. I think we could come up with something that could be pretty catchy and this thing could grow to be huge. Yeah, there's some opportunity out there for sure. Um, I won't, <laughs> I won't try to put any uh, monikers on it, but um, I'm open to ideas. Uh, hey, great stuff. Yep. We appreciate yes, it, sir. Good luck. Stay healthy. And we'll see you back in Oakland. Sounds good. Thank you. We got more coming up next right here on A's cast live. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Streaming from A Spring Training, Ace Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Sun is trying to peek out right now. It's going to be another nice day here in the Valley of the Sun. Rockies and A's tomorrow. We start spring training. It's going to be great. Team today, everybody was doing the wash, as we like to call it. Interviews, pictures, a lot of the stuff that you'll see on the scoreboard in between innings. And, of course, guys stopping by here. And we have so much content, you're not even going to see all of it today. We'll, we'll, we'll share some of it on Monday and Tuesday when we go live for our pregame show. Starting at what time? You okay? 
You're coughing. You're well. It's because I ate that salty nut bar or whatever. So it's my that um, we're uh, ten o'clock. We're at ten a.m. Ten a.m. Pacific. And yes. what are we calling it? Uh, hey, I believe it's called Ace Cast Live. So we're just gonna call it Ace Cast Live Spring Training Edition. Yeah, because there's really nothing we. I mean, I mean, I know it's pregame because we're on at ten a.m. and the game started at noon, and then. Once the time change happens, or Arizona, you know, or Arizona just springs ahead, um, we will. So be, games back in the base start at noon. Yeah, noon for us. One, it'll be one o'clock here, and then you know, once the time change happens, it'll be one o'clock Pacific for both. And the press release finally came out, and now people can figure it out. By the way, every game's on A's Cast. You want to go to Bloomberg? Go to Bloomberg. Bloomberg's only doing home games. Every single game. Regular season, Cactus League action, spring training, every game is on Ace Cast. It's where you need to go. If you still want to do terrestrial radio, fine, but every game is on Ace Cast. Yeah, the press release is out. As you mentioned, every home game will be on, uh, every game will be on Ace Cast. Every home game will also be on Ace Cast and Bloomberg Road Games, Ace Cast only. And then there will be two games that will be televised on NBC Sports California down here. Well, you got to make sure you get your NBC thing in, don't you? I'm just wow. reading the head. I'm reading the headline. Wow, you getting a paycheck from them? <laughs> no, I don't. Unfortunately, unless I unless they don't have my correct uh, mailing address. Wow. All right, who are we going next? Oh, by the way, Brent Roker. Wouldn't that be great to see him go 30 bombs again next this year? Uh, yeah. Follow that up. I mean, it's it's. It, he got some national run, especially from Mark DeRosa on MLB Network. But the the run will be good. It, it it will even expand even more. The Brent the Brent Rooker story, it's a great one, and it's really good for all baseball players. Because here's something I'm going to tell you. No matter what, play until you can't play anymore. Play until you've exhausted every single option. You've got the rest of your life to work. And I know what a lot of people try and do to you. A lot of people try and give you the, well, you need to start your you need to start your new career. You need to start this and you start that. Man, you got the rest of your life to work. Play as long as you can. I mean, if Brent Rooker had that mentality of, well, maybe I should start the the next chapter, the next career, the next this, he wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. So you just need that opportunity. Seize the moment. When you get that moment, seize the moment. And Brent Rooker definitely is that guy right now. He seized that moment, and it changed everything for him. All right, what do we got next? You want to do Polly Winday? Get a starting pitch. Get our first starting. We have uh, three starting pitchers, so let's get to Talk Pauly about Winday. another guy seizing the moment. He's also our longest tenured player. Tied. Yeah, him, no, I think it's him and Brownie, right? I think Blackburn's been here. His debut was in seventeen. I don't think Brown debuted until nineteen, right? No, well, even even Paul said he was tied with somebody. Oh, I thought I thought his debut was in like twenty seventeen. This is going to be his eighth eighth year, seventh year. Blackburn's first start with us was in two thousand seventeen. So yeah, this will be his eighth year. And I when think when was Brownie's first and year? Sarge. Uh, Seth Brown's first year. I thought. I think what was it was. Two thousand and nineteen. 
after playing 26 games a night. Well, he said he's tied with somebody, so who the hell would he be tied with? There, there isn't anyone else, is there? It's just those two guys. But he's ahead of Brownie. I mean, Brownie's played way more games, let's be honest. Yes. More <laughs> yes, that's, that's There's true. There's a lot of injury and a lot of downtime for Paul Blackburn in this longest uh, tenure. Brownie's also older, too, than Blackburn. Brownie, oh, Brownie, oh. Brown, Seth Brown really has been the guy. He's like a year, like like a year older than Brownie or uh, Blackburn. Um, look, by the way, but I'm looking. Bla- but Blackburn hasn't been consecutive. It's been a lot of hurt. It's yeah. been a lot of. I'm I'm looking at. So a, let's give Brown his due. I'm looking at Baseball Reference. It doesn't say anything in here about a nickname that says Sarge on here. I I <laughs> we, we we've got to figure that out. We'll tape that later. All right, Paulie Winday got to have a big year. Got need a lot of starts. Need a lot of innings here. As we just said, Brent Rooker, former All-Star. Paul Blackburn, former All-Star, right here on A's Cast Live. It's Paulie Winday right here on A's Cast Live. A little bit better this year than uh, how he did it last year? Yes, yes. Uh, a, little, a little warmer uh, weather this year than what it was last year. I sure. will never forget. <laughs> it was early morning, and... We were literally shivering. It wasn't like like right now. It's beautiful. It's Arizona. It's spring training. It was so cold. It was like it was almost going to snow. But uh, I'm glad we could have better conditions. And I think this year, such a big year for you. You know, last year we talked about you really being the staple in the rotation. Unfortunately, the finger and the, just the issues. But that's behind you now. Everything we talked about last year, we could talk about again this year because I think that's this is that going to be that year for you. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah, uh, the finger issue last year was something that was very frustrating. Um, but like you said, it's in the past now, um, and it kind of had a full off season this year, um, a normal off season for say, where I can kind of go through my routine and and do what I needed to do uh, to come in and get be ready for this year. I, I'm just happy you're here because I I really thought that at the all at the training deadline last year, you know, your name was everywhere, right? Yeah. I don't know how much you were following it. We were following it. Um, I'm, I'm happy you're back. And I think the veteran presence that now we had stripling and wood and yourself to think of where, where the A's were last year, when you had the problem with the finger, you're hurt. We basically had no veteran presence to where now we got three real veterans starting the season. Just talk about it yourself and two other guys and what that means for the rotation. Yeah, you know, the addition of Woody and, and Strip uh, has been awesome, you know, this week week plus that we've we've been here now. Those guys are, are awesome. You know, they're, they've been great leaders in there. They've been helping with anything anyone wants help with um, they're speaking up in meetings kind of giving their two cents of what they've gone through in their career and other things that they've that they've dealt with or they've kind of figured out or tweaked or whatever it may be um, and I think just both those guys as a whole are going to make a huge impact to not just the, the rotation and on the field stuff but definitely inside the walls and in the clubhouse and just bringing in that more of a team camaraderie for us um, yeah I have nothing but great things to say about both of them so when, when you think about the history of our organization, especially under Billy Bean and David Forrest, this is a place where veteran pitchers have flourished, whether it's been guys that are trying to reestablish their careers to my God, Scott Casimir was with the Sugarland Skeeters and he just found his career again. What is it about veteran pitchers coming here? And it's such a good place for them 
to, to flourish? Yeah, you know, this, this organization does a, such a great job of letting guys come in here and immediately be yourself. You know, there's, there's, not, there's not a lot of rules. There's not a lot of, of, hey, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. Everyone gets to kind of know each other, um, and that's from the, the coaching side and, like, the front office side. They're, they're, they want guys to come in here and feel comfortable because they brought them in here for a reason, you know, and I think that – that takes a lot of weight off a lot of people's shoulders, especially going to different organizations or coming to an new organization. Everywhere is different. And just being able to kind of walk into a clubhouse and know that you can be yourself and there's not going to be any restrictions about that. You know, it's as long as you're a good dude and a good teammate, like you can, you can do what you, what you have to do to make sure that you're ready uh, for, for the game that day or the next day or whenever, whenever you start, whenever you're playing, whatever it may be. Um, so I think just how things are ran here organization wise, it gives guys that freedom to kind of come in and just, just be who they are. Well, I, I, I think of a guy who grew up in front of our eyes and, and you helped him last year was JP Sears. Just how proud were you of him as a rookie to get 32 starts? Yeah, no, um, yeah, and I told him that last year, like, good or bad, you know, 32 starts in a big league, your first full year as a starter, like, that's unbelievable. You know, that's just, that's what everyone kind of dreams of, um, of doing. And just the way that he competed day in and day out, the way he, the way he prepared, um, you know, it's a guy that knows exactly what he wants to do when he's out on that mound. Um, and he's, you know, he, he taught me some things too. He, he's, he's a very good coach as far as, <clears throat> with with players and how he talks about his pitches, how he talks about his game plan. Um, he's just an overall very, very smart, smart pitcher and great guy. All right, for you this offseason, I, I know there's been the tinkering of curveball, slider, cutter. We've watched it on Baseball Savant. We've watched it, right? Like, like So what have we been working on this offseason? The Arsenal, and we're about to get games going here. What are you working on and what's going to be the attack plan? Yeah, so I didn't add a new pitch this offseason. I feel like I have the last, like, two offseasons. Um, you always no, have something going on. <laughs> no new pitch. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of working on my sinker a little bit um, just to get a little, little more horizontal movement um, to kind of help play with that slider. And definitely... Definitely see more heaters. So be going the other me. way of the slider. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of get this that movement um, with my slider and then my my sinker. Um, definitely more four seams up this year um, for me, and I think my changeups came a long ways um, from from where it was to end the year last year to where it is right now. Um, that was a big emphasis for me. This offseason was just not necessarily making it better, just making it more consistent. Um, just movement profile and everything. Just having it be more consistent that way, like. It's not like uh, when I get, you know, get to two strikes, it's like, all right, is this going to be a good one or a bad one? You know what I mean? Where it's, it's, it gets more of this is, this is how it's going to move um, consistently. Um, and that was kind of my main, my main focus uh, this, this offseason was just getting a little more, I guess, comfortable with that pitch, both to righties and lefties. Um, so that's something that like I'm going to kind of bring out and spring a little bit, a lot more change ups and just kind of see how, see how hitters react to it. Well, to me, for someone like you, it, it reminds me of like Batman, right? You want to have all these different gadgets in your tool belt. And when you're dealing with righties and lefties, as you mentioned, vertical, horizontal, I want to be able to go in, I want to go away, I want to go up and in, up. And, you want to be able to do everything. And when you can do that, wow, does that open so much up for you as a pitcher versus a hitter, all the different weapons. If you can do that against righties and lefties. Yes, definitely. Um you know, it's uh, it's it's funny. I 
I don't know, I forget what team it was last year, uh, but I was talking to a guy that I knew, um, and he was a hitter, and he was talking about how his hitting coach hated preparing for me because I have six pitches. And all the uses are around the same. And that's what I'm going for. You know, like I want it to be where it's like you get an account and it's, you have no clue what I'm going to throw because Fact. I have so many options, you yeah. know, and it's yeah. like, you don't know if it's, you know, if it's going to be, like you said, like east to west, north, north to south, yeah. like you don't know. Um, and so just, just, you know, I kind of realized that a couple of years ago when there was times where I was out there and it was like, I showed, I showed the hitter everything I got and I'm sitting out there and it's like a seven pitch at bat, eight pitch at bat, nine pitch at bat. And I can't get that last bit of like to get a put away, you know? And that's when it kind of, that I realized that like, if I'm able to essentially expand my arsenal in a way where guys can't sit on certain pitches in certain counts, like that's only going to favor me as long as I'm able to command those pitches that I do add. And that's just, I, f I feel like now I'm in a good spot with what I have and what I throw. And now it's more about just kind of perfecting those, you know, and like, obviously you're not going to be perfect, but like for me, I try to get as close to perfect as I can with them. And that's just how I've always been. I, I, I heard Greg Maddox talk about this where he said, you know, because everybody's like, oh, you, you, you got a lot of the black even more. And he was like, well, one of the reasons why I got all that is because I could pitch anywhere in the zone. And when you can pitch anywhere in the zone with a lot of different pitches, it starts to open up for everybody. And as you said, now the hitters have a lot to, to look at. And he said, just because you knew I could throw it anywhere with any pitch, there were nights I didn't have to have my best stuff and I could win because you you're almost winning the game before the game starts. As you're talking about, they yeah. have to prepare so much. They've got no clue what's coming. Yeah. What a benefit that is for you. Yeah. Especially too, like, obviously everyone gets in patterns out there at points where like, you know, the last two or three starts, if, you know, I'm doing something that the other team notices and all of a sudden first time around in the order, I don't have that pitch that's been working for me the last two times. And now all of a sudden I'm, going in a lot instead of away now it kind of just throws their their whole go game plan out the window and it's like one of those things where i you know you're not going to have your best stuff every day you're you know realistically you're gonna have two pitches every day and it's just just kind of was what it is and then on your really really good days you're gonna have all your pitches on your really bad days it's gonna be like hey maybe maybe you might have a couple of your good pitches like a couple innings you know and the other ones you're just you're trying to be out there and you're just trying to get outs and just just being able to to flip game plans on on hitters and on lineups like that to me like that's that's what's so cool about like pitching and like competing out there where like yeah it's like team versus team but when I'm out there and he's in the box like it's it's one-on-one until the ball's hit you know and like just being able to to throw certain pitches and think about where I want to go, where I want to go next, or, you know, I showed this guy this, this last at bat. So like, this will play well off that, like just being able to, to recognize that and, and realize the approach you want to take on each individual person, but also being able, like I said, kind of flip their game plan on them. Cause now they're, they're kind of in between, you know, it's like, do I trust like what I'm seeing with my eyes or do I trust like what our game plan was, you know? And like, as a pitcher, you want every hitter in between. If a hitter's in between, then it's kind of right where you want them. I mean, you know, so that's just kind of how essentially like I've approached pitching as like I've kind of gone through, gone, 
later into my career and kind of just matured as a pitcher and just being able to to know that like if I if if I if there's ways that I can move the ball around to change their game plan from the like they walk into the into the box with a game plan if they're walking out of that box with a with a doubt of that game plan (laughs) then that's where I want them you know and like that's essentially like I said why I kind of added the pitches that I did add and my my arsenal is is what it is and you know I've started to fine-tune a lot of those a lot of those pitches to a point where I feel like I can throw anything in there at any given time and like that's where I essentially want to be that is the game inside the game yeah as you just mentioned he walks out and he's like, damn, what am I doing? That carries over to the next time yeah. he faces you. And that's what happens when you play in division and you face the same. That's pitching. Yeah, that's, that, the, that's the fun part. And that's what we know when you're right. That's at an all-star level. Yeah. And that's why this year I think is going to be big for you. I think this year is going to be a lot better. I've been keep saying it. And I know people are like, what am I trying to say? I'm just telling you right now this year. This team's going to win a lot more than they did. I mean, a lot more than they did last year. And the veteran starters and everything, I, I appreciate the time. I know you got to go. I just, I prime, I promise better weather. <laughs> yes, I we got it. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bring the, the overcast and, and wind with you this year. I, so I, I was like, that. hey, man, we're doing that again. Like last year, we better have heaters. <laughs> yeah. and we better, that was Seriously. brutal. Uh, hey. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of respect for your career, everything that you battled, everything that you've been through and you're still doing it and you're still getting done. Um, That says a lot about you, the intestinal fortitude and everything. And we're lucky to have you. So uh, enjoy spring, stay healthy. And the next time we'll see you, we'll be in Oakland. All right. Thank you very much for having me. We got more coming up next right here on A's cast live. Truly is a great story. Perseverance. And this is a year, like, for Paul Blackburn's career. I mean, at his age, what I'm saying now is what we said last year. You know, to follow up on a great first half, not so great second half. That last year was the the, the year before when he was an all-star. Last year was to prove himself. And... The injury with the finger, then the fingernail, and then it was just like, my God! I mean, it just, it just, it just derailed and really hurt this pitching staff because he was supposed to be the veteran that took the ball every five days and gave stability and gave innings and basically what J.P. Sears ended up being. Well, if you would have had him and J.P. Sears, it would have been a whole different ball game. Yeah, because. <clears throat> What you have, what you get out of Paulie, he has the experience. I know he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't had the longevity because of the injuries, but he's the veteran of the staff. I'm not going to say ace. I, I will not throw the ace out there. There's not an ace yet. Um, I hate when people throw that term out there way too early. Oh, you just were, the guy, you're so stealing from me right now. I've been just, saying, just I've be, been saying that for years. Just because a guy starts opening day or has the most starts, he's not the ace. I, I don't mean, even know. Okay, let's call it out. I take Garrett Cole away. How many legit aces are there in Major League Baseball? Because I think you can make a case. Verlander is not that guy anymore. Uh, yes, DeGrom's always hurt. Uh, Scherzer's DeGrom? hurt. Uh, there's DeGrom? One, there's one I can, who? There's one I can think of. We're talking. An ace is a guy 
that I can say right now, rubber stamp, 32 to 34 starts, over 200 innings, and he's going to be – it's it's Cy Young votes. He's one of the best guys. It's guaranteed this guy's going to go to the post. Logan Webb from the Giants. Uh, no way. You don't think so? Okay. I, I, I better I, I better have multiple years of, of these type numbers. Okay, let's see. Let me pull up his page. And, of course, you have to try and prove your point. You're going to be wrong, and you're going to waste our time. But go ahead. Uh, his first – okay, his – okay, 2021, he started 26 games. He had 148 innings. The next year, 192 innings. Last year, led the National League in, what, 216 innings. So, he's one time gone over 200 innings. Well, not many guys do it. Luis Castillo. Well, not many guys are an ace. I know. That, so That's the whole point. You got a guy that's – only gone over a hundred and what forty innings twice? Three over one hundred and forty. Yeah, three times. So, well, he was at one hundred and forty. What? Eight. One hundred and fifty yeah, innings. Yeah, he's done twice. You're gonna call he's that all, an ace? He's only twenty six too. You're gonna call that an ace? Uh, I can go to a, a ton of guys at twenty six years old who had more than one hundred and fifty innings twice. A lot of pitchers in the history of baseball. And you're gonna call that an ace? I mean, today's game, he he might be considered one. Okay, you can lower the standard all you want, but you're going to call that an ace? So then, no, there's – He there's, has no award. He's never won an award. Uh, no. He's never gone 200 innings. Well, he's gone once. He finished second in the Cy Young last year. Okay. Has he won? No. Garrett Cole just won his first, and he's an ace. How many times has Garrett Cole done it, 200 innings? Uh, great question. So well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, how many aces they're, they're, really yeah, are they're, there? They're, how many aces? Because Logan Webb to me, maybe if he does it again this year and yeah, another year. But I get that. But we're talking about an ace is like the top pitchers in baseball. When you think ace, you think guys that they're going to have a chance to be in Cooperstown someday. Pedro Martinez was an ace. Randy yes, Johnson yes. was an ace. I mean, it's easy to say now, but when they played, Roger Clemens was an ace. Dave Stewart was an ace. That's what an ace is. You just brought up a guy that's had 200 innings one time. Yeah, Cole's on at six. Garrett Cole's an ace. Garrett Cole's a $300 million contract. I'll, yes. I'll, I mean, that's oh. an ace. That's what I'm saying. You take Garrett Cole, and I'm holding, yes, to a high standard – but that's what an ace is. Like, you could have said Chris Sale used to be that guy. Verlander used to. I mean, Verlander is going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no question. Yes. First ballot. But Verlander already is hurt. Yes. Verlander. Clayton Kershaw used to be an ace. He's not anymore. No. Um. So that's when I when I throw it out there. You Who are the names? You take Derek Cole out. There's not many guys left who you could really say. Because I'm not going to throw Verlander there anymore. Too old. Kershaw, too old. Like, how many guys can you really say other than Garrett Cole? Before he went, before he got hurt last year, Sandy was on pace to do it for the third straight year. Then he got had yeah. Tommy John. He was he was pretty close what he was doing. Then yeah. he had, now he has Tommy John. So now he's, he's out. out. Yeah, and he's only 27, so he's gonna he'll do it a couple more. You times. mentioned Luis Castillo. He's, he's interesting. Never, he's, he's never done 200 innings though. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to get to that point. You can't. You can't. That. That's the problem. There's a reason why Blake Snell hasn't signed. There. There is deficiencies in all these Boris guys. Like you can look at the whiff rate right now. When you can look at that for Matt Chapman, I was looking at it last night. I was reading this great article. CBS Sports did it. It said the top three reasons why 
Matt Chapman hasn't signed. Matt Chapman hasn't signed because of his deficiencies and the money that he wants. And it starts with mass strikeouts. He doesn't make contact. Do you realize upper strikes? What, what, what's the number one pitch guys want to dominate with right now in our game, especially when we got into the launch angle world? Uh, fastballs. Fastballs where? Uh, high. Fastball's up, yeah. up in the strike yeah. zone. Do you know what Matt Chapman hit last year? Fastball's up in the strike zone? I don't know off the top of my head, but he's always struggled with the, high, the up the up in the zone fastball. Take a guess. 168. Ooh, that's way too high. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty good. I didn't think you'd go that low. It's This is how bad it is. What do you think it is? You, is? I'm going to say it's too high. Oh, so 168's too high? One. 124. 138. Wow. Matt Chapman, fastballs up in the zone where everybody wants to pitch with four seamers right now, hit a buck 38. Wow. That's <laughs> awful. Yeah. and I mean, Awful. His whiff rate is awful. And you brought up his numbers after, what, May or April and how bad he was. It's just – and, and, and the argument against Bellinger is he doesn't hit the ball hard enough. Now, that one – if you just don't want to say, listen, like the player, I just don't want to overpay for the player. I'm just looking to see if anything – I checked to see if there's any breaking news, any guy signed, but no. No one yet. For our most games – I think there are some games today. The first game was yesterday, and four of the biggest guys out there still don't have a team. So it's very it's very interesting. You know who's a guy that um, – a guy I was thinking of who just retired recently – was an ace, but I don't think a lot of people remember him being a guy that won over 200 innings as many times as he did, but he did win a couple Cy Youngs. Uh, Corey Kluber was a good uh, a good example of an ace when he pitched for Cleveland. I was looking him up to see how many times he did it. He did it for uh, he did it one, two, three, four, five straight years, and he won two Cy Youngs in that span. Yeah, he was a and he just recently retired. He yeah. you know he played some, pitched in 15 games last year for Boston, but he was a guy. But you're right, like. I looked at Webb because, like, everyone always talks because, well, he went over. He led the league in innings last year, and it's like, yeah, he was great last year, but he was. It was one year, and he and he was close. He did pitch well the year before. He's got when you mention everyone, you mention your buddies who are Giants fans. Oh no, it's he's the people like him. I know people like him, but I mean, no okay. one watches more MLB Network than me. They're not really talking that. You were telling me BK him. doesn't talk about Logan Webb. No. Not a whole lot to talk about the San Francisco Giants. Well, know. yeah, that's true. That's not. There it's the Dodgers. Got to talk about the Dodgers. There wasn't a whole lot of talk. I know. I think Logan Webb's fantastic. Over under, over. but he's not an dude. An ace. You gotta, you gotta have. I mean, you want a bad baseball cliche, but you gotta have some dirt underneath those spikes. Yeah. Right. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta have years of production, and like, like if he does it for the next couple of years, yeah, that's that's my problem. We throw it out too way, we throw it out yeah. way too early, and you're like, man, you gotta do a lot to be an to be what's truly called an ace in Major League Baseball. You've got to do it. You've got to you've got to have some. That's 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 like Blake Snell. Is Blake Snell really an ace? No, he's not inconsistent. In my he's opinion. been at 180, 180 innings only twice in his career. And he won the song after leading the league in walks. So, he – I mean, Dylan Cease almost did it too. But it, I, I don't think Snell is that, that guy. Remember, Dylan Cease your, is a great example. Remember when Dylan Cease had one year and everybody – Oh, he's the ace of the stat. Where two, is he now? Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, he's not 
And like, the where's thing the consist? You need consistency. And the thing was, Snell, like, I mean, I heard a good. You point. need high production and you need consistency. I heard a good point, but uh, real quick, Logan Webb. I looked up this is average over the last three years. He's had uh, he's averaged thirty starts and he's had a three oh seven ERA over the last three years. So he's he's a guy that the Giants can count on. But I don't know if he's you're right. He's not if he's the ACF. But I was when it comes to Snell, I forget who said it. I think I might have heard it on Sirius. But they were talking about how like they think the Angels are a good place for Snell because. They ha- they signed so many bullpen guys because and Snell doesn't go past the fifth inning, so you got to tax your bullpen. And they're like, well, they signed a bunch of bullpen guys, so he'd be a great fit there. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think that's that's why teams aren't signing him. He doesn't pitch deep into games. Well, he doesn't pitch deep into games when it's not a contract year. And once you sign him to this contract, he's not in a contract year. The, the you know. The two times he's won the Cy Young, there was there was high incentive, high incentives for him to go deeper into games. The rest of the time, it's not there. Yeah, his career high in it. I mean, yeah, he he's pitched over 180 innings twice, and it was the two years he won the Cy. Yeah, it's incredible. It's the two years he yeah. won the Cy. Well, there was incentives there, so that's gotta, you know. Front offices aren't stupid, man. They know, you know, hey, free agent year, he goes 180. Well, I'm now going to give him all this security. What's he going to give me then? I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a very – he's a solid pitcher innings one through five, but that's all you're going to get most of the time. I mean, yeah. you look at all the what years. It, what it, what, and then that, that gets down to – and I'm sure they got their pie charts and they got all their stuff, and they should. This is where data is important. Like, what – what is your value if you only pitch in five innings every five days? You're, you're, you're not participating in a big percentage of the actual games. Yeah. You're not factoring in a lot of the games. When they talk about how many minutes are you on the floor in the NBA, how many snaps are you taking in the NFL, how many innings do you pitch as a pitcher, how many at-bats, how many innings do you play as a position player. Well, if you're a guy that, you know – you got 45 innings and you only in five days and you only participate in five. You're not a big part of the action. You're not a big part of my winning or losing. Yeah, no, exactly. And and, just, and you know how they justify it? They go, well, we got to keep him for the postseason. <laughs> so he goes to the postseason and only gives you like four. Oh, how that worked for the Padres last year? It doesn't. It just. It doesn't. I, I understand why a bunch of these guys aren't signed because they want a lot of money, and I'm not getting. I'm not getting my R my. My ROI, my return on investment with these guys. Um, I was going to ask you before we get to uh, – do you want to do Boyle or Sears next? Searsy. Okay, so but over or under 100 – And I don't think that's really his nickname either. Yeah. Uh, but according okay. to baseball reference, it's not Paulie Winday or Paulie either. So um, – You say Dallas Braden lied to me? <laughs> Dallas Braden lied to me? Um, God. Over or under 150 innings for Yamamoto this year. Remember the Dodgers don't let you know, pitchers don't really pitch deep for the Dodgers, but you're paying them three hundred million dollars. That number will probably be the one forty ish number is probably where it's at. Yeah, I'm gonna see what the- I would bet. So, so I have to bet. So you'd make it a hundred forty nine and a half. Yeah, we'll we'll throw it there. Yeah, that's that's because we can't. We don't want to push. Yeah, no, we're gonna throw a hook in there. 149 and a half over and under Yamamoto. Yes. That's what you're setting it as the if we're doing Townie's little bookie shop and Cody's in control of Townie's little bookie <laughs> shop today. You are the book. You're setting the number at 149 or do you want to go 150 150 in a hook? Sure, that that works. Okay. 
I'm going to see what I'm going to show. So basically, he's got to have 151 or, or or you get to 151. I'm going to take the under. And the only reason why I'm taking the under is because will he go the entire season without without going on the IL? Fair. So if he goes one time on the IL, once again, I, I, whenever I bet, remember, folks, I'm trying to think of it numbers-wise, not with my emotions, not with my opinions. That's like last year when I bet Cody the Mariners wouldn't make the playoffs. I knew it'd be close, right? It was close. I'm betting the odds, right? The odd, My odds of Yamamoto never pitching five days in a row, I mean, excuse me, not five days, never pitching on five days rest, I don't think that would be possible. I think he was just a bullpen guy. This ain't the 70s anymore. Satchel Paige, baby. We're going every game. Um, (laughs) Yamamoto not pitching every five days and potentially one time they might rest him. I don't wish injury on him. I think this kid is electric. Because we saw a little bit in the WBC Mm -hmm. watching some highlights. He's he's, And me, you know how much I love short right-handed pitchers. Um, (laughs) Big Sonny Gray fan. Huge, love him. Jake um, <laughs> Peavy, my guy, Flash, Tom Flash Gordon. I know he's not. A, I know he's not a writer. That's why you love JP Sears so much. So. Remember Tom Flash Gordon? Of course I do. Um, Father of D Gordon, D Strange. I'm gonna go one. under. Because because I'm gonna bet that he's gonna lease at the IL one time. Even if he's not injured, they'll do it just to kind of like push him back or whatever. Yeah, I I, I think uh, he will not get a hundred. Remember. 150 and I win. Yes. So it's 150 and a half yes. over and under. I'm going under. So I looked at some of the projections that I could find. Uh, one place said 156. Another one so said. So we're in the ballpark. Another one said 165. Remember, you said it. Yeah, 165 and a third. Another one said 174. That's a, that's, I'm taking under on both those. Yeah, I, I. The Dodgers guys don't go deep, though. I mean, I, I, and plus, I think if he, if he might, there could be an IL stint. In there, who knows? I mean, baseball is unpredictable anymore. They are especially not going to push him. They don't have to. Well, yeah, no, it, it, especially now that it's you, not. They're going to be grind. They're not going to be grinding their division, right? Fair. Yeah. So it's not. You know, can anything happen? Yes, but they're they're looking to win the division. What is it? Eleven out of twelve years. Yes. It's incredible. Or is it? Or is it? It's eleven 12 out, out of thirteen. I think it's eleven out of twelve. It's one of those. Right, the only year they didn't win, Giants won one of seven. Yeah. Okay, so they're who, if anybody's going to push them, you would say probably the Diamondbacks. But it's still, it's unless something dramatically happens, it's crazy. The Dodgers are going to. Brody Brazil is saying hi to everybody. Hi Brody. Hi Brody. Hi Brody. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, they win the division, they win in a landslide, and then that way they never have to push them. That's why I will go the under. And then they can – and that's going to be the same thing with all the different guys. Like, you're not going to push Kershaw when he comes back. Walker Bueller certainly is not no. going to be pushed coming back from Tommy John surgery, a second Tommy John. I got one for you, but before, real quick before we get this here, over under 100 innings for Tyler Glass now. Oh, I'm going to go over. Over? Yeah. Wow. He's only done that. I mean, I only have to get to 105, and I win. He's been in the league for eight years. He's done it twice. (laughs) I think he's going to. Think he's going to be a big year for him? No. Oh. I just think he'll go over 100. Did 120 last year. I think he could easily do that. 
I think so, too. It's just a matter of does he stay healthy. There is going to be a new – yes. That's the biggest thing with it. The, the stuff is there. It's but just, there is going to be a new what's, – what, what's great about going to a bigger market now is you're not protected by Tampa anymore. Facts. You're in the big show now. You're in Los Angeles. They are going to be covered because of the two Japanese players and the biggest star in baseball. I don't know if you've heard this guy, Shohei Otani. He mean, came over from Japan. You mean the guy that MLB, MLB, MLB Network, MLB.com ranked as the fourth best player in baseball? He might. Who do they end up ranking number one? Acuna. Who do you think was two? Judge. Mookie's teammate. Or, sorry, I just gave his name. Uh, Mookie's teammate? No, Otani's teammate. Oh, Mookie. Mookie was two. Who was three? Judge. Judge, yeah. Please, I'll take Shohei Otani over Aaron Judge. Well, Judge we, is a great player, but. Hey, I'll tell you this. We haven't seen Otani in the postseason yet. That's, uh, that's also true. And by true. the way, did you see Okuna in the postseason? Oh, they, they were there, but I, he, no, he Well, they've won without him. Yeah, that's that also he, true. When he's there after his biggest year, he didn't do anything. I know, baseball people, you don't like to count postseason. You're not like football it's people. Random. Football people, all they care about is the postseason. Baseball people, you just care about the regular season, about these games in the middle of summer that don't that, that you want to talk really don't matter. Yeah, okay. But getting back to Glass now, he now is going to be under the spotlight. This is not Tampa. Tampa, you can no. hide. Right? You can hide. They can baby you. This, other than the Yankees, and I guess you throw the Mets, the Red Sox, but the Dodgers may be covered more, especially nationally, the spotlight will be on the Dodgers more than anybody else. It's hard It's hard to say anything because just the New York media is just bigger. Yeah. It's just that that's just a reality. But – the, the national spotlight is going to be on the Dodgers like more than anybody else. So the big question is, how is Glass now going to handle? Like, because if Glass now gets scratched, if Glass now this, no one cared in Tampa. Now in in L.A., people are going to be like, you know, what's up? Yeah, he's gonna, he's going to be scrutinized. Yeah, because they're going to they're trying they they need to count on him because all their injury. I mean, they got Bobby Miller, but a lot of the guys Kershaw injured. Bueller coming off Tommy John surgery. You don't know about Yamamoto because he's the unknown. I know he was great in Japan. So they got a lot of unknowns with what's going on. Is Walker Bueller going to start the year? I thought I thought so. Because he didn't he have Tommy John in like it the was, fall of twenty one. So he'd be. He should I be thought back. it was right before the season. Twenty one, not twenty one. It's twenty four. You would have had in twenty three, or twenty two. Sorry. So we had one that twenty two season. In like fall, so twenty three would have been healthy ish, because I thought there was talk of him coming back last year to pitch for the Dodgers in the postseason. They were trying to. So, bring he's, still, him. so he's still going to get babied. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Dodgers with a lot of. I so mean, I, we know so, how their minor league operation works. So Glass now hundred innings, barring injury, which that's with their, all these bets. Uh, I say no doubt, easily over a hundred innings. Yeah, because I'm looking at their who their projected staff is right now: Yamamoto, Glass now, Miller. James Paxton, another guy that can't the say The big healthy. maple. And uh, Emmett Sheehan, who was decent for them last year. And then Bueller had Tommy John surgery in – no, he, yeah, he had Tommy John surgery in August of 2022. So he should so be So he back. should be fine. Yeah. Remember, Gonsolin's hurt with Tommy John. If it's 22, 
If it's August of 22, so August of 23, they like it to be 14 months. Yeah, he should, yeah, be, he's, he should, be, yeah. He should be good to go. All right, enough Dodgers talk. Let's get to J- let's get to JP. Let's get to I our. Mean, I, I can do over and unders all day long. I love them. Over so, but- over under thirty starts for JP series a year too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm gonna go over. I think this kid's a workhorse. He's our. He's our. About two years later, Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin did it. Now we got another lefty I, doing I, it. I. I. I think he is a. What you're gonna hear here, is a very. And it doesn't surprise me. Remember where he went to school, the Citadel. Yeah. A military school. He's a regiment. He's got a regiment. He's got his routine. He knows. I mean, he is. This is what. Guys like him are so valuable. You want to love Tyler Glass now because Tyler Glass now is 6'7", 6'6". Something like that. He's incredibly tall. He's got flowing hair. He's got great stuff. It's Noah Syndergaard. It's Jacob deGrom. It's got all this kind of stuff. But you know what you need? You need a guy that goes to the post every five days. And sometimes if I taught you anything last year, when certain people were panicking and wanted J.P. Sears to be shut down. I, I did say that. I want that I And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was just There's going to be bumps in the road. I was just following the trends in baseball. you got to learn and let them pitch and let them go. Will you admit you're wrong on that? Yeah, I just, I just did. 32 starts, what he learned from having to battle through all that. But guys like that are so valuable. We want to love just the stars, but you need the guys who go to the post every five days for you. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not, but they're reliable, and reliable people are worth a lot of money. When you have that employee that shows up on time and is loyal and doesn't steal from you, does all the, those yeah. employees, that's what J.P. Sears is. J.P. Sears is a guy that's coming into his prime who is a loyal, good employee. He's what you need to have a successful business. I agree with that, Is he going to be the Cy Young Award winner? Is he going to be like what we talked about in A's? Probably not. And you know the other thing that's got – we're going to talk about – after this, we're going to talk about something that J.P. talks about I hadn't really thought about. It's really interesting. You'll watch the interview. Listen to when he talks about how pretty much he just faces right-handed hitters. Here is – the man that went 32 starts last year, J.P. Sears. J.P., how are you? It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. I'm doing good. Doing good. How are you? Good. Congratulations on the offseason. You Thank got you. a lot of you guys. You got married. A lot of guys yes, got married yes, this offseason. Yeah, it's very busy offseason for us. Yes. Well, I think about your year. I've talked a lot about you since we've been down here. I was so impressed, you know, when you first came over. You know, because we got to see you. You start against the A's when you're with the Yankees. Right. So we got to see you. I remember prepare, preparing for you for the pregame show, and then you come over. But I got to tell you, I think the, the number one thing for me last season for you, I thought was so impressive, the 32 starts. That was that was 
the big deal. We don't see a lot of pitchers get 32 starts, and you grinded a full season. Now that you've had time to step back, what are your thoughts about going to the post 32 times in a year? Yeah, um, you know, that was one of my goals early in the in the season once I, you know, was set in the rotation was to make 30 starts. So it was, you know, I was uh, super pleased with, you know, being healthy the whole year. And, you know, um, I was really blessed to, you know, obviously have a lot of good help here with them, helping me, you know, be ready every five days. And um, but, yeah, I felt good all year last year. And, I'm you know, looking to do that again this year. That's definitely another one of the goals. Well, think about where we were. Actually, our set was a little bit over here last yeah. year. And you were on, and we we're like, you could start, you right. could be a long guy, you could. I mean, that's kind of how we saw. It. And then to make 32 starts yeah. was really impressive. What do you think you learned the most about doing a full season and starting a full season? Um, I think I probably learned the most is that you know your routine is obviously probably the number one thing, um, but also just attention to detail too. Um, you know, I, over time, you know, you you face teams multiple times, you you know you you pitch a, a lot of games, you know, it takes a lot of uh, focus and, you know, attention to detail and just good preparation and just making sure that, you know, you're on your P's and Q's every time you go out there. So last year, Paul Blackburn, and we talked to Paul about it, you know, when he hurt the finger and then the nail and the whole deal, he wasn't like able to be there with you for right. the full season. And now stripling and wood, what is it like? You know, we just talked to Boyle earlier, and now you start looking at all these other younger guys like Anastas and all these guys. So when you look at the rotation, how are you feeling now that the veteran guys have kind of come in with you? Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, you know, when I saw we got those two guys that day, I was super thrilled. You know, it's um, it's great to have those those people around that can kind of give you that, you know, a little bit of history of, you know, I've done this before. This is how it's worked for me. Um, you know, it gives you a little bit of confidence going into each day, going into the season, going into, you know, these next couple of weeks here at camp. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be, you know, asking a lot of questions, you know, getting to know the guys really well. And um, they've already been really, really nice and, um, you know, warm and, um, we're excited to have them and I'm super excited for the season. Now I know from my research, you're not a guy that takes a lot of time off, right? Yeah. You like to like keep throwing. Yeah. Some guys don't want to touch a baseball. Yeah. You're not that kind of guy, even though you got married and honeymoon <laughs> yeah. from, from my, from my research, I hear that even like right after the season, you were still. Throwing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, um, I definitely take a mental, mental break and a little bit of a physical break here and there, but you know, I, I kept throwing, I keep throwing a little bit. <clears throat> I, I still spend a lot of time, you know, um, you know, doing some fun things with friend, family and friends early in the off season. But, um, you know, I've learned over my career, even though it's, I, you know, I feel like it's still just starting is that I, I, I feel so much better in the months of December and January, whenever, you know, I get a little bit more work done in October, I guess, and some people as far as throwing. So just, you know, just nothing crazy, just, you know, trying to keep my arm in shape and just feeling good. And, you know, I am th around this time of the year, whenever I start, you know, really throwing in games, you know, making sure I'm ready to go. You really know yourself really well. So I would assume you're not a big tinkerer in the off season, but is there really much you're working on or is it more um, refining? What do you do? Uh, yeah. You always tinker. I mean, with baseball nowadays, you know, everybody's getting so much better um, in so short amounts of time. So, um, I'm trying to do that as well, you know, um, trying to add, you know, add maybe a couple of pitches here and there, you know, work on, see what works, see what, <clears throat> you know, will will play best against certain hitters. So, um, you know, we're looking into like throwing a sinker a little bit, you know, so that's something that I'll definitely be working on this spring training. 
So showing a sinker is that more for for right-handers to get right-handers? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't get many lefties in lineup, so you know you just only see two or three lefties in the lineup. So we'll probably use it to both sides. That's so know. interesting, right? Like yeah. how much the game has changed. That yeah, when, when, you're gonna get an all right-handed lineup That's day point, after yeah. <laughs> But you know it's okay. It's a challenge. You but... gotta be. It, it really has to be more of a star player. Right, if he if he's gonna stay in the lineup yeah. against you, yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's not a personal thing with me. It's you know just yeah. how baseball is. Um, but you know, I obviously, you know, I've gotten a lot of righties in my career already just because being a lefty. So, um, you know, it's nothing new. But um, but from a preparation standpoint, like now that I think about it, yeah, I mean, for you, the focus is always like, what's my arsenal against right-handed hitters? Right, right. And, um, I mean, and if you look at my splits, my splits are a lot better against righties, but that's because I face few lefties and some lefties yeah. get hits. And um, and that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is even how to combat those lefties. The few lefties I get, they're going to be the, some of the best hitters in baseball. So you got to get those guys out too. It's not just an automatic out, you know. So it's always a little different when you get married because now you're not single anymore. Now yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole different world. Yeah. Congratulations thank you, on thank that. Thank you. Thank you. We're super excited about it. And um, yeah, she is out, she's out here with me. We have our dog with us. So it's going to be a fun season. It's like we need to do almost like a documentary on how many of you guys got married. Yeah, It's no. like the whole clubhouse got married this it's like, year. It, I don't know how many was it. How what, Three Dude, or four? So, or no, it's like six. Oh, really? I, I forget because, you know, some guys you remember, oh, yeah, he was married or not. Was it a year ago or two years ago? I think so. it's like six you guys got married. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, uh, I I think I attended four or five weddings this off season. So we had a, definitely had a very active in our off season with, you know, just at that age, I guess, where I have a lot of friends getting married, too. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of new things here in Oakland and we're super excited about it. I'm, I'm super excited about this team. And I think a lot of good guys that are wanting to, you know, show how good they are and, and win and compete. So it's going to be a fun year. Bingo. Let's end on that yeah. because I'm trying to tell people and I don't want to be, ah, you're just the A's homer. I'm like, now, if you just really do the math, things were really bad last year. So the way being 50, but if you start looking at the math and a, you know, a couple more wins a month, I'm like this team with the athleticism the veteran pitchers, yeah. the bullpen with a bunch of legit power arms. Yeah. I see this team being far better than what it was last yeah. year. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we're going to come, you know, with a little bit of attitude and being a little hungry early on, just knowing how bad last year started. And I know that there's a lot of guys that experienced that in there and we don't want to feel that feeling again. And, um, you know, you can look at the stats and predictions all you want, but it all comes down to just the people that you have around and the, and the attitudes and their personalities. And I think that we got a lot of, lot of, lot of dogs in there. A lot of good guys. Great stuff. Yeah. Have a good camp, have fun. And next time we talk to you, we'll be back in Oakland. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. We got more coming up next right here on A's cast live. JP Sears. Now have some guys to help him out. Hopefully a healthy Paul Blackburn. And now Ross Stripling and Wood, who we had on yesterday. Do we call Wood Woody? Oh wow! Or is that is that is that too too much of an offense to Kirk Reader? I was thinking tour story. I can't believe you brought up the old Giants left-hander. <laughs> God, why don't you just go work for KMPR? You hack. Um, I mean, that's that's the four veterans. And have we played Boyle yet? No. We got to get to Joe Boyle, the big man, who's probably going to be your fifth. 
But then you've got all these other guys. I mean, think about the the stuff Medina has. Estes. Oh, um, I'm going to need a couple minutes. The Boyle interview didn't fully save, so I'm going to need a little bit of time to get that. All right. Coming up next, we're going to have Joe Boyle and a lot more for you. And then later on, we have more that we have to tape today, but starting next week, ten is it 10 a.m.? Yeah. 10 a.m., we will have A's Cast Live Monday through Friday. We still have a lot more to play. First pitch, uh, it will be noon. I guess they will all be noon, right? Yeah, until the time change. Well, first game tomorrow and Sunday, but we'll be uh, Monday. Noon will be first pitch, but A's Cast Live will be back on at 10 a.m., ready to rock, Monday through Friday. We get you ready for all spring training games. Yeah. We won't be here on the weekends. No, I'm looking forward to it being back in normal schedule-ish. Normal schedule. All right, coming up next, the big man, Joe Boyle, right here on A's Cast Live from Arizona. Streaming from A's Spring Training, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We got the big man ready to rock. Yeah, he's good now. I tell you what, now that we added this carry kid, he's like 6'5". We've got front court, we got back court. Yeah, that's true. The basketball game breaks out. We got Muller at 6'7". We got Boyle at 6'7". Emo's what, 6'6"? And he's he was all-world basketball player. He was Mr. Arizona basketball back in the day. Scott Emerson, if you don't know this, was like a great Arizona high school basketball player, but then got drafted. He was also a very good baseball player. Clearly had a better chance of doing something with a baseball career. He'll always be But we got size. I mean, how big's Lawrence Butler? Six, three or four. He's a big dude too. I mean, who's Carrie, can you shoot? He's just a pretty face. He'll be the coach. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. He'll maybe be the coach. Maybe the assistant. It's like Don Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up, kids. Uh, we can have Lawrence Butler. Don Nelson. Geloff would be like a two. He's a good-sized kid. Yeah, he could maybe play point. Point guards are kind of big. No, 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 no. Ruiz is our point guard. Fair. Why do we keep – you know what You know what, You know know what? what a problem is? Everybody keeps – like everywhere I look, other than I brought it to – I don't know what day I brought this to you – there's, like, one list that has one positive thing about the A's on it from MLD.com. It's top five guys stolen bases. Ruiz is on there. I think he was two or three. Third. He was third. Are we forgetting how good Ruiz was that if he doesn't get hurt? First of all, I thought he should have been the all-star. Uh, that's that's confirmed. You did think that. I did think that. In, in, in a year where you're trying to promote more stolen bases – Ruiz at the all-star break, I thought would have been the all-star. But once again, making it as an outfielder is hard to do. Rooker is an outfielder. But remember, he was voted on by the players. Right? Yes. The players voted him in. But our, we keep forgetting about Esty. Esty in his rookie year, saw him today, looks great. Esty, man, he kind of, you know, there were, there were times. And he delivered some key hits, too. Yeah, let's not forget he delivered for a while. He was good, great with runners in scoring position. The, the kids got the kids got a flair for the moment. I mean, we we're forgetting too much. We're forgetting a little much about Esty, about what kind of player he can be. 
and maybe he really flourishes in his second year. And I wouldn't be shocked if at some point they might flip him for something. But yep. I, I think Esty has proven that yeah, he can play at this level. And like you said, could he get at 80 stolen bases? I think no question. Yeah, it's, but he's our point guard. Yeah, well, he's quick. Kind he's of, our point guard. Good size. Can he can he shoot? Doesn't matter if he can't shoot. He can he can pass the J- ball. Jason Kidd couldn't shoot. That's don't the, tell Cal and Berkeley and East Bay people that. But wasn't Jason Kidd one of the greatest shooters in the uh, world? No, um, he wasn't. Steve Nash was a good shooter, but he also Steve Nash, Steve was, Nash was a great all around point player. guard. Uh, my friends were arguing with me back in Pennsylvania about him. Like he won back to back MVPs, but he only scored. He didn't need to score twenty five points a game. He ran Steve a high, Nash was a great player. He ran an offense that no that hasn't been seen forever. Oh. You got two types of point guards. You got the big point guards, which would be more like the Magic Johnson. Yeah. Uh, then you got the small point guards. Well, uh, like Stockton, Elvin Mark Har- Jackson. Like El- how big was Elvin Harris? He was a big point guard, big O. But then you got the small point guards, greats like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. John Stockton. These guys were not Mark big. Jack- I, Mark Jackson was a good point guard. You're not putting Mark Jackson in that class. I mean, he was like number two in the in NBA history in assists. How many hall? How many, what hall of fame is he in? Um, I don't. He's not in the NBA hall. I mean, they no, put, uh, a lot no, of he is not in the NBA. Sorry, hall it's of not fame. the NBA hall of fame. It's the basketball. Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Mark Jackson. All right, you want to Mark? You're gonna put Mark Jackson up there with Isaiah Thomas and John Stockton. I'm just basing off of him being Steph Curry, Stephen Curry. I mean, he, he's only wow. He's only a one-time All Star. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. Your great Mark Jackson from St. John's. <laughs> Stop it. The only St. John player I know is Molly. Stop. Chris it. Mullen, if you don't know who that is. Well. Our man Boyle, what a ride for him. Traded for Sammy Spinrate. We hear we're getting a big guy, throws hard, can't throw strikes. That's all we heard was can't throw strikes. What did Boyle do once he got to the A's? Threw strikes. He threw strikes. He did what they said he couldn't do in the minor leagues. He did it at the big league level. And you start to realize this kid out of Notre Dame is a bright kid, a very bright kid. And I don't know how the season is going to shake out, but the potential for Joe Boyle, don't call him Dan Boyle, former Shark. Uh, Joe Boyle has, (laughs) just for some reason that came to my mind. He lives in San Jose. So I'm at a bar. He's been retired for years. Actually, I saw Dan Boyle down at Court of All. He was at a bar in Los Gatos I was at a couple like a month or two ago. I saw him like yeah, I saw him not too long ago at Court of All. Sharks fan favorite, Dan Boyle. Dan Boyle. Uh Joe Boyle, no Oakland re- Athletic. As we know, no relation. No relation. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. they are. Maybe there's a little Canadian in, in Joe Boyle. <laughs> Joe Boyle, though, once again, if we start looking at what can Wood give me? What can Stripling give me? What can Blackburn give me? I, I, I think I'm getting 30 starts out of – if you get a bunch of starts and innings out of these guys, this is going to be a dramatically different year. And Joe Boyle, it's been a heck of a ride. Here is the big kid out of Notre Dame. Joe, I got to think for you, this spring training has got – this has got to be a lot of fun for you with a with a major chance to be in the rotation. How are things going for you here down the Valley of the Sun? Pretty good. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm just pumped to kind of get started with games and, and get going and building up. So 
I am I am very thrilled to be here though. What was the now that you've had time to think about it, how great was that experience last year getting called up and getting your taste to be in Major League Baseball after the trade? I mean, yeah, it was great. Uh, it was fun. Um, it was like productive and instructive in a lot of different ways. And like, it was great to get to know like uh, so many different guys at different levels in this organization um, just because I haven't been here very long. So, yeah, I just I mean, I was very I was just very grateful to have the opportunity and uh, get uh, hopefully get so much out of it. You know, Mark Hatze started out his speech when he brought Brent Rooker and really saying to you guys, and we've said it for years on the show. It's the land of opportunity. Yeah. Right. No one's blocked. No one's got long-term deals. If you play well, you're going to have a chance. And I think you're a great example. The trade, like right now, if you're back in Cincinnati, I don't know if you're going to be with the big club Yeah, I don't know. here. You're projected right now by a lot of people to be in the rotation. I mean, you've taken advantage of the trade. And as you said, you've come over, you're still learning all the people, right. but yet we're, we're all looking going, this guy's in the rotation. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm very grateful for the Reds and, and all the people there and kind of what they taught me and the opportunities they gave me. But yeah, I mean, to have the opportunity to go from double A to the big leagues in like a matter of like, oh, what was it? Like six weeks or something like that. Like it was, I, I remember I wasn't anywhere long enough to like really like even know everybody yet. And uh, so it was good. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I have the opportunity or had the opportunity last year and and I'm looking forward to just continuing to capitalize on that. Would you work? Year. Yeah. Would you work on this off season? So, I mean, the off season's like <clears throat> just another chance to like continue to build the engine. I, I always say like just build capacity. Um, big league season's longer. It's more stressful. It's more demanding physically, emotionally, and everything. So it's like, can I build my capacity to handle that, that workload this season? And then also just like continuing to, to build on my strengths. Um, I was like, we were told like, be really great at what you're good at. Uh, so that was really what I was doing this off season was just focusing on like, uh, really like building on my strengths and like being, being the best version of, of what I'm already pretty good at. That's that's interesting because so many times we want to work on our weaknesses, yeah, and we forget we 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 don't work enough on and 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 fine tune if we're talking about the engine we don't fine tune what am i really good at and make sure i'm right. always good at that right because we focus so much on ah what do i need to get better on it's a, it's a weird thing because there's a there's every pitcher has to be like pretty good at like very similar things like there's just general things you have to be like decently good at to just get the results you want there it is game there are rules you gotta throw strikes right <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah but you know like within that there's um there's a bit of nuance to it, like finding like, how are you most effective in the zone? Like, what do you like? Yeah. What are you really good at um, while, th while throwing strikes? And then you can kind of just build off that. Well, yeah, there's not, and, and that's where data has come in and it helps right. you understand, okay, what, what of my breaking pitches, what, you know, which, which fastball, what is the best that I do? Cause sometimes you don't always know because you get away from it a little bit. And right. sometimes the data will say, well, no, Joe, this is actually when the ball is coming across the plate. This is why it's so tough to hit when you throw it this way. Yeah. Yeah. That, so I think data is just another tool that we can use in, in, in our repertoire to, to figure out like, um, yeah, right. Identifying like, what are we good at? Yeah. And then also identifying like, are we trending in the direction we want to? Um, it is objective. So it's like, it's not going to like, it's not going to be nice to you. It's not going to consider your feelings. It's just going to tell you like what you're doing. And then, but the only thing is I think with data that you have to consider is like, 
it's a human game. There's a bit of nuance to it because you can't just take it at face value. You need to be able to like look at that, interpret it for what it is and like what it means to you. Um, and it's not the only thing. Just one data set or whatever you want to call it isn't the only thing painting the picture. There's a lot of things that go into it because no like, doubt, you know, it's, there's so much to the game. So. You play golf. No, I don't play any golf. Well, I, I compared a lot to golf because a lot of what we do now in baseball is very golf was doing way before. Yeah, they were right. right yeah. So I, I look at all the time. Yeah, I've been on track, man, with my swing and everything. But when I go out and play, I got to play the game. Right. I, I got a chip. I got a pitch. I got a putt. There's all these little shots. Like I focus so much on the range. What do I do with my driver, my irons? At some point, you got to go out and get the ball in the hole, no matter what any data says. Baseball right. is the same thing. Like, yeah, you yeah. got to hit or you I mean, your job is no matter whether you feel good, no matter everything's great electric coming out of your hand or it's not your job is still no matter what to get out. Yeah. You got to let the data kind of guide your training in a way. Yeah. And then obviously when you're out there, like that's where you focus on on your process. You focus on what you need to do uh, to be as consistent as you possibly can. Um, I think a lot of times, like we like to focus on things in baseball, like like to focus on like like the results. We have to tell guys like you know throw strikes or or whatever, you know something along those lines. But it's like how do you get there? Like what's the how to doing that? Because that's still just a result you're looking for. And I think that's where your process comes in play. That's where you individually build the how and what you need to do to be as consistent as you can. All right. This off season, you got to get away from baseball. What was the fun? What did you do when yeah. you got away from baseball? Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with, uh, like friends and family. I spent a lot of time with my fiance. Um, I, uh, we went down to, to Florida, uh, with her family. We usually do that every year around the holidays. Um, played a lot of, a lot of video games with my buddies. It's just a good way to just like reconnect. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I, I just, I just play for fun at this point. I mean, uh, I don't really feel like I have the time to get good at a video game, but it's just a good way to stay in touch with guys and just see my, see my friends or talk to my friends. I haven't seen in forever. So, yeah. Cause it's such a grind. People forget. I, I got to get away. Yeah, you, you do. Cause I, I have respect for the guys who end a season and they want to get right back into the weight room or they want right. to start getting in the cage or whatever. It's like, you do need to like, Get away from baseball for a little bit and enjoy yourself because once you sign up for this thing, it's a lot. I mean, right now we're starting early. Yeah, we are. Yeah, 100%. And, like, this is my first big league camp. Um, so it's obviously even earlier. In the, and then with the season ending a bit later than I'm used to last year, like, that offseason was pretty short. So I made sure to take advantage of, of every second of it. Let's end on this. You like the expectations? Because there's, there's, in our little world, there's expectations for you. Uh, I don't know if this is controversial. I just or controversial. I don't really like pay attention to the expectations as much. Um, I have expectations for myself. Um, I think that that's kind of the most important thing, or at least it should be. Um, hopefully your, your expectations somewhat align with the clubs and, and, you know, and the coaches. And I, I believe they do. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to play this game for yourself. Um, in terms of just like being yourself. Um, you do it for the people you love as well, obviously, like everything that comes with it. But you got to be you and you've got to hold yourself to that standard. You can't let an organization or or coaches like be the ones to have to do that. Like it's got to be on you. So what I like is that we're going to follow your journey. We followed it, you coming here and now we're going to follow your first camp and your first full season. Yep. I cannot wait. Thanks for stopping by. Have thanks. a good camp. Stay healthy. Yeah, thanks for having me. And the next time we talk to you, we'll be back in Oakland.
Sounds good. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. And we go immediately live to a man who is the leader in the clubhouse. You just heard Joe Boyle there. And I start looking at pitching because the thing that really derailed the team early last year was just injuries, starting pitching, not a whole lot of depth. I mean, obviously, when you look at this starting staff and you add Wood and Stripling, you got a healthy Paul Blackburn. I mean, Brownie, I, I you start looking at it, I think you gotta you gotta be excited. I mean, as a guy who you're one of the longest tenured guys, yeah. you're I mean, you're like you you know, you're 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 a leader in this clubhouse. How are you feeling? I mean, it feels good. I mean, obviously I think I think having those guys around is, is so huge. Um, obviously Wood Strip, um, those guys, um, just to kind of show the younger kids coming up how, how to how to be a big leaguer, um, having that veteran presence, um, having a guy there that, you know, is always there to lean on as a young guy. You know, that was big for me coming up is always having a guy I could go to, uh, a guy to lean on, you know, if I had questions or something's not going right. Um, and so having those guys just on the staff and obviously Paul just having that, I mean, he, he has that veteran presence as it is anyway. You know, he, I mean, you watch all of his starts out there and the way he, I mean, goes out there. I mean, he gives his all every time he toes that rubber. So um, having those guys there, um, to kind of lead the young guys as we come up, you know, we got so many good arms, um, you know, and having those vets there to 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 kind of steer the ship a little bit on the staff is is fantastic. Yeah, we were kind of joking with um, Paul Blackburn; he's the longest tenured player. Oh yeah, he's been here for a while. So yeah. have you? Yeah, no, I've drafted in fifteen. Yeah, yeah he's he's been home, man. Uh, if you're you're seeing on video, Seth Brown's here, but if you're wa- just listening on A's Cast, uh, that's the voice that you hear. You know, when you think about your year, last year I thought it was going to be a big power year for you. Unfortunately, got derailed injuries. It just mm-hmm. it happens. I see that being this year for you, like the real year for your career. Your story, we've talked about a lot here on A's Cast. You have one of the great stories on this team. But what do you think going in for you this year, what it means to you in your career? I mean, obviously, uh, last year for me was a, a big learning experience just from the physical aspect of um, – I've always been a guy who wants to work as hard as he can 24-7, uh, whether it be in the weight room, on the field. Uh, but just understanding that um, you have to make adjustments as this game goes, you know, not only on the field but off the field. And for me, um, you know, I spent a lot of time this offseason uh, changing my routine a little bit, changing the things I do, uh, being a little bit more cognizant of what my body needs versus just going as hard as I can 24-7. And so for me coming into this year, it's just um, – Really understanding being on the field is the important part. You can you can work your you work your tail off everywhere else in the weight room, but it's it doesn't mean anything if you're not on the field. And so that is was a big lesson I learned last year. And uh, so this year coming in, I'm excited to get going. You know, body's feeling as, as good as it ever has. And um, yeah, it, it's for me. I'm just excited to get going. How important is it as a leader? Because you got a lot of young guys in there, got a lot of veterans coming in, but they're new. Mm-hmm. There always has to be a little bit of a go-between between somebody, the coaching staff. I know they like to pick your ear and rely on you. Talk about that role of kind of representing the players, talking to the coaches, and what that what's that 
what that is like inside the clubhouse? Uh, you know, for me, it's just it, it's trying to keep, uh, especially the new guys. You know, obviously we had a lot of new guys last year. You know, young kids coming up. It, it's, you needed name tags last year. A hundred percent. But it's it, it's kind of trying to relay the yeah. message of you know because when you come up, it, it's such a big it's such a big feeling. Obviously, you know, you're 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 becoming a big leaguer for the first time, um, but also understanding what the coaches want from you when you get up here. Um, you know, because there's it, it's such an overwhelming feeling sometimes where you come up and uh, you know for me even talking to one of the big league coaches was was like hey man you know I'm gonna stay you know stay in my lane keep my head down don't say anything to anybody uh, so you know it's it's my job to kind of to smooth that over you know and Costa does a, you know the, our whole staff does a phenomenal job of, of bringing those young kids in. Um, and telling them, hey, relax. You know, you you're here because you're you've been doing what you're doing. We don't want anything different from you. Um, <clears throat> and so, what I'm trying, you know, my best to do is is relay the messages that they're getting from the coaches, and and just kind of talking it out with them in simplistic terms. You know, trying to calm them down, keep them keep them having fun, keep them to the point where they don't they're not out here pressing. They're out here playing their game. And uh, so for me, that's that, I feel like that's my biggest role um, as far as you know communication between young guys and and, and the coaching staff and and the new guys is. Um, Everywhere you go, there's there's obviously going to be different verbiage. You know, you're going to hear different things. There's different styles, and so coming over here, understanding that that we work over here, and that's that's the Oakland way. It's how it's always been. As long as I've been here, is is we work. And um, however that looks like, you know, you come in. There, there's there's especially early. You come in, get your work done, get to the field. It's business, and, and having fun along the way is just is winning is the fun part of all that. And preparing your mind, preparing your body to go out and win. That's that's the fun part of it. Um, and so just kind of smoothing that over for the young guys, especially the young guys coming in and coming up. When you look at the young players, which one of the young players or a couple of them really impress you? Uh, to me, you know, obviously, I know his name's getting thrown around a lot. Zach Geloff is a guy to me that came up with a plan, had a had a routine for himself. Um, you know, from the day he got there, it was in the weight room, had a stretch routine, had all his routine lined up, uh, and I think that's what you see when you got when you got a guy like him come out and do as well as he did. Um, is when you come in and have a set routine, and he had a routine dialed all, and I never saw him stray away from it. Um, and I think that's so important. He, you know, he impresses, he impressed me from day one. The way he came in, um, it, it was, it was not starry-eyed. You know, obviously he's excited to get here and excited to be here. But he's a worker, man. And, and watch, and you watch him go about his business. I mean, nobody's ever had to work with him or tell him, hey, you need to do more here. And he, he's on top of every every aspect of it, especially in the prep routines, his stretches, you know, lifts, all that stuff is is prepping him to go out and play. Um, and, and I think that's such a big part of what of uh, you know you learn uh, coming up is. You're preparing to go out and play. You're not just coming up and showing up and stretching for the fun of it. You're, you're preparing to go out and play. And when you do everything right and you do everything and have your routine and you work hard, the game is just a byproduct of how you prepared for it. You know, if you're if you're a guy who shows up to the yard, doesn't do anything, doesn't stretch, doesn't doesn't lift, and then go, expects to go out and play and be successful, it's tough. You know, but if you have a routine, uh, that allows you to go out and play the game and not have it. You know, you can go home at night thinking, okay, I did everything I could to be successful that day. Um, and Zach Gell's a, a prime example of that. And, and Nick Allen, you know, the way he goes about his business. You know, Nick, I have to tell him all the time, hey man, you're too hard on yourself, because um, I mean, he's a worker, and he, I mean, he is. I mean, dialed in at every aspect as well, you know, and and it's it's obviously it's tough because when you're that hard on yourself, you know, it can restrict you. And I battle that every day, you know. I'm my big own biggest critic, you know. So yeah, uh, having those guys around to sh to to show the young that's guys big, how to though, work. That's big though for you, and that's one of the reasons why I think everybody respects you so much around here as a leader of this team because knowing Nick Allen and 
like you said, he beats himself up and he's trying so hard. Coaches can say stuff. Family members can say stuff. But when someone like you goes to him and say, bro, it's a hard game. You're yep. going to fail. Oh, yeah. But it's all right. We we need you. We need Absolutely. you to win. That speaks volumes because when you help a guy like that, that's what this club needs. Absolutely. And, and, and Nick out there is one of the hardest workers in the camp. You know, and that's what it takes. I mean, Nick Allen, he comes out and busts his butt everywhere he goes. Uh, but also understanding that you've earned what you have. You know, you don't get to the big leagues just by chance. You get to the big leagues by earning it. And, I, you know, and reminding yourself of what you accomplished to get here is a massive – is, the, is the, one of the biggest important things you can do um, when you get up here to keep yourself, you know, loose, keep yourself – it's like look at what you've done to get here. Enjoy, enjoy it. You know, you, you work hard enough as it is. Now it's time to, to let yourself play the game. Uh, and it's easier said than done. When you come up to the big leagues, it's a whole different ball game. All right, let's end on this. I'm getting the sense because all the outside noise, everything going on, we've talked so much about it with the organization. But inside that clubhouse and out here is all that, that's all that matters to you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing with some of these guys a chip on their shoulder, and I like it. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely a different feel this year. Um, the structure is is incredible. I mean, everybody's focused. Everybody's out here to work. Um, you know, guys that were new last year, a lot more comfortable this year, coming in ready to go. Um, and that's that's what we're looking for. You know, we obviously have to turn the ship around and and get going. And I think guys, I mean, I mean the staff is is incredible as far as how we are structured this year. Um, it, it's business like, you know, and that's and that's what it takes to win. And so it's going to be exciting. I see a big year for you. Man, I hope so. I predicted, I predicted <laughs> it last year. I'm going to predict it again this year. I think this is going to be a um, – because let's face it, you're a guy that hits the ball out of the ballpark, and it's a lot of fun. When you get hot and you're hitting the ball out of the ballpark, and, and it just – it does a lot for the dugout. It just – it means a lot. I mean, because what you mean, as, as you said, you've been here – quite a bit your draft pick come through the organization the a's way you know all about it what you mean to the front office the coaching staff when you get going i i can't wait i think this is this is gonna be a big year for you absolutely i i appreciate that and yeah i mean we're prepared and we're ready to get going stay healthy thank have you. a good spring and we'll see you in oakland thank you very much we got more coming up next right here on a's cast live A's Cast Live continues from A's Spring Training. Here's Chris Townsend. Eric Martin starts by after uh, we just had Seth Brown. We didn't realize we'd still be on. We were just going to tape. We're live, baby. We're back. We're back in business. Oh, we got the reality now. No, no filters, no nothing. Let's no, go. No, this is this is this is uh this is this is as live as it gets. Uh how are you? How's how are things going right before this is like the calm before the storm. Yeah, you got that right. Uh it's good. It's good. It's fun to see these guys come out and see a lot of our, our younger guys come out and you see the energy and the enthusiasm and it's definitely a different feel in the clubhouse right now. You know, a lot of guys have have kind of gelled together. That's it's a cohesive group this early in spring, which is good. You've worked a lot with these infielders, and you know if if anybody ever gets to get out early, they they see the preparation and everything you do with them. You've got a very athletic group. You got to be pretty happy about what you got out there on the diamond. Oh, it was fun. I mean, yesterday was a day where it really showed. Yesterday was a a high intensity day, putting the clock on them. 
um, infield and winning run at third base. We got to catch this, play, make play, play, make a play at the plate, good throw. We did double plays for times and just seeing these guys and the enthusiasm, the quick twitch, the athleticism. I mean, it was a really, really fun day. I mean, let's talk about two guys that probably people don't think about it because obviously up the middle, you expect the guys up the middle to be terrific athletes. But the way Shea Langoliers moves – and Ryan noted to me as like a linebacker, like like a linebacker yeah. who can go out in coverage. Yeah. He's a big dude who can move. I mean, you're just you're, you're defensively, your catcher and your first baseman are very athletic. I mean, that's what you want, right? You, you think you're you're up the middle guys, the shortstop, second baseman, center fielder are your be, are your best athletes. And on our team, yeah, I mean, for the most part, yes. But you get Shea going and you get Ryan going. I mean, Shea is he he goes first or third as good as anybody on our team. Ryan Otis probably one of our best base runners as far as instincts and reactions and leads and jumps. And he really, really moves. I mean, he, he impressed me last year where he caught me off guard coming first and trying to score him. And I did a couple times and, you know, and, and Shay's the same way. He gets down the line, he goes first or third. He can steal a bag if he wants to. Um, it's fun to have those guys. Up the middle, Nick Allen, Geloff, what do you think defensively? I mean, it's, it's just year two of them together. And you saw how special it was last year and, you know, they're, they're, they're close, they're tight, um, they work together as a unit. It's fun to watch them work together. They come out, they do their early work together. They're pushing each other, they're, they're there for each other, and it's just fun to watch them grow and gel, you know, as a unit. It was funny, I, I came in today and the Rawlings guy is here, and all of a sudden a young man comes up, Daryl Hernandez, goes, hey, Don, I just want to introduce myself. <laughs> Obviously he's been, hey, there's some guy doing some TV stuff out there. He's smart. He came and introduced himself. And I was like, that's a smart move, son. Uh, we've heard a lot about him. I've heard a lot of different stuff about where he could play, potentially shortstop, maybe third, could play at second. Hernandez, what have you seen, and what should we expect? Well, first of all, he's got personality, and he's very confident, and he's a worker. You know, I met him early. I came out a week before pitchers and catchers were here, and he was already here getting some work in. So I showed him some video that I took of him that I that I watched last year that I made a playlist of him just to show him cer certain things that he wasn't doing the right way that we need to improve on. And right away he was on it, you know, and the improvements that he's made from week one to now is night and day. And now he's getting a little bit more confidence. We're moving him around a third a little bit just to see what it looks like over mm -hmm. there. I mean, if he can get here somehow, his bat's going to play. I love his glove. I love his actions. You know, you've got to get the footwork going a little bit more. But you know what? The kid's really confident, and that's what you want as an infielder. What are you thinking about? Because right now, third base, quite a few names. But what, what are you thinking about a third? <laughs> that's not my decision. You know, I wish it was. Um, we got a lot of guys that can go there. we got Ledmies that can play there. we got Toro that can play there. Uh, we got Jordan Diaz that can play there. You know, we're getting Hernandez some some time over there. And then the youngster, you know, Brett Harris is a really good player. I like him. I love the way he moves. He's a baseball player. He's probably a little bit of ways still from, you know, making this club. But, you know, there's open competition there for that for that spot, you know. And whoever goes in there and, 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 and can help out and play the defense that we need and also carry the glove, it's, it's just going to make us that much better. When you think about this team – when you see that clubhouse, what you saw last year, and I remember last time we talked with you, it was a, it's a big teaching year for you guys. You had a lot of different players. Kind of goes back to your roots, why you got into coaching. What's the difference in this clubhouse now than what you saw last year? I think they got some confidence now. You know, a lot of those guys, the young guys, they, they came up here, 
and it got handed to them, right? And so they had to go and they had to make the adjustments that they needed to, to succeed at this level. But one thing they're not lacking is confidence. You know, those, that's a confident group in there. They know that we're supposedly we're not supposed to be good. And these guys are they're, they're out to prove people wrong, you know, and they're doing it as a team collectively. You know, you're starting to see the group gel together, the whole group, not just certain pockets of this. The whole group is together. Even the guys that might not be here to start, they're starting to form. And that's kind of, you know, takes us back to the teams that we had in the past with the Chapmans, the Olsons, the Bassets, the Manias, the Simeons, all those guys that came up at different times, but they were always close in spring training. And once they became the team here in Oakland, it was a family. And so we're starting to kind of build that culture a little bit, and you can see it. And I've, I said that from day one. Once the position players rolled up in here, you saw the energy in the clubhouse. You see it in the work. You see it, you know, just sitting around. And those guys, that they're all together. They're all doing something. They're having a good time. Music's blasting in there. And that's what it's about. They got chip on their shoulder, too, which I really like. For sure. You know, you look at the publications of us, maybe one in 59. What was it, 59.6 or it something? Was, it was 55. Now it's like 56 and a half, and I think that's crazy. Yeah, those guys were like, are you kidding I'm me? I'm saying at least 70. People think I'm nuts. I'm like, I can mathematically explain to you why I think we at least win 70. No, absolutely. I mean, the additions alone that we did on our pitching staff is going to help us. The additions that we did in the bullpen are going to help us. These guys, another year under their belt, it's going to be better. You know, they, they, they know the expectations. They know how good this league is. They're prepared. They made the adjustments that they had to. You know, now they it's all on them, right? We're going to give them the ingredients to go out there and perform. We're going to hold them accountable, and they got to get after it now. You know, there's no more coddling. There's no more babying. There's no more, okay, it's okay. We're, expe- we're expecting to win, and that's the motto that Kotz was preaching. Look, we want to win every game, you know, whether it's 80, whether it's 70, who cares? Right, but we're not going to be the team that we were last year. That's for sure. Can't go back to no, that. No, and these guys know that as well. You know, I, I think about it. I like to explain a lot of people. Everybody loves football. And you think about even in baseball, football, we're talking about fantasy stats. Everybody looks at the game, home runs, touchdowns, what's, what are fantasy points. And it's like the things that win, you got to stop the run in football. You can't stop the run in football, you got no chance, right? If your front seven can't, they'll run on you all day long. But it's the same thing. It's like, like, look at our staff. We don't have a big strikeout staff, so we have to play flawless defense. We have to be able to pick it up, throw it. we got to make the plays, the double plays, everything. And that, you know, it's what you teach. It's so important. People don't think about that. But our infield defense will be critical to our success this year because we're not going to punch out a bunch of guys. That's what I've been stressing this whole time, and that's been the focus of our work. You know, our work this first week with the, with the infielders, we have our early work that we do every single morning, 7.30 or 8.30, whatever time it is, before the workout even works. These guys are coming out. They're doing their glove work. They're doing their footwork. They're doing the fundamental stuff. We're challenging them there to make better decisions and better reads and securing the baseball. And then our work week has been one day of high-intensity stuff like we did yesterday where it was, okay, clock-type stuff, game on the line, we need to make this play. And then the next day is securing the baseball. Slow, feel your body, feel your mechanics, feel the ball hitting the pocket, the right part of the glove, feel your body underneath you, your rhythm and everything going towards first base. Slow, controlled securing the baseball yeah. and then we wrap it up the next day again so, so they're getting a little bit of both of how to feel it and how to decipher from the both so now they have different tools they know the situation of the game we have to turn this game winning ending double play right here the game's over and so i put them on the clock yesterday with that and yeah they're going to kick some right now but you got to train that way right because there's going to be that time where cot's going to ask me 
Can we turn this double play? And I want to say 100% yes. Put us, we're going to play double play, Deb. We're going to turn this double play for you right here. And the more we do that and the more we work on it, the pitchers have that confidence where they can just throw strikes and then we're going to pick it up behind them. And that's how we roll. And that's how we have to play. And that's been my focus this whole time this year, securing the baseball, being a better defensive team than we were last year, and just getting after it. I have noticed that is something that really has become in, in vogue in all of sports is the slow motion of truly feeling everything with your body. Like football teams do that now when they get in the hotel the night before. Everything's so they talk about in golf. We're all playing golf, a lot more <laughs> golf as we've gotten older. But can you feel the entire swing and go almost like 50% and hit the ball and feel feeling everything, your body, everything about your body, your weight and your balance. Slow motion has become a really in-teaching tool. Yeah, it's it's funny because Jack Wilson, who's, you know, he's really special. Nick Allen, who's really special. Those guys defensively. Jack couldn't, or Jake, Jake couldn't slow down. Like, I, it's just a drill where I hit him a ground ball and I want them to field it and stick the ball without moving and be, be, being able to sit there and feel your body. He wanted to go so much after he fielded the ball. It took him a while to be able to just to slow down and stick. Slow down and stick. Just secure the baseball. And it took them a while to get used to that, and a couple guys were sticking, but their momentum was going away from where they are supposed to be throwing the ball. So, yeah, it's important for me to, to be able to slow them down on top of that, right, so, so they can feel their body position, feel where they're, if they're coming through the baseball or if they're leaking to a certain uh, another, you know, leaking to the left or th- leaking to the right, which is going to compromise my arm action or my, my, throwing, my throwing motion or my slot. All those things are important when you're when you're an infielder, right? Everything's got to be coming through the baseball. Hands and feet got to work. Our hands and feet got to read the ball at the same time. Instead of our hands, our eyes trying to tell us, okay, go get the ball, but my feet haven't moved. Now I'm late. But if my eyes and my feet are working and reacting at the same time, now I can be aggressive and I can make moves to make this play a little bit easier on me. All right, the off season. Everybody's got to disconnect. We worry so much about the players. Something I've been asking because – I did this with Mark Kotze last year because we do the Mark Kotze show every single week. I go, Kotze, I'm always asking you about everybody else. How are you doing? <laughs> and I did the same thing with David Ford. Everybody always asks him, how are you doing? How are you? What, what happened to your what – you, what were you doing this – how did you disconnect? What did you do for yourself, family? What happened this offseason for you? <laughs> Well, a week after uh, the season ended, I had a left shoulder surgery. So <laughs> that was that was the extent of my off season rehab. Rehab, yeah. So <laughs> here we go again, right? It was still baseball. Yeah. It was me being able to come back out here and be able to hit a fungo. It was my left shoulder, thank God. Two years ago, it was my right elbow. So I'm like, okay, this is two surgeries in the last three years. I'm done. If something else happens, I may have to step away. I don't know if I can do this anymore. But no, I mean seriously, it was. It was a left shoulder that I needed to kind of get taken care of from previous injuries just from, you know, we're getting older now. You know, yeah. we're, we're, old, we're old players, and stuff starts to catch up. And, you know, as much you're, as – You're old Long Beach <laughs> player. I'm old San Jose State. We're old. <laughs> we're old. We're old. So that was the extent of my offseason. You know, I had we had had some travel plans, but I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to be in, you know, some of those, you know, being able to fly across to another country or – and it's being around a bunch of people, so that kind of took a lot of my time. I did catch a couple football games, did make a couple trips, you know, went to Vegas and a couple of those things, but it was just really preparing, unfortunately, for the season. Look, I mean, that's – my job is I wanted to see how we can get better this year. I mean, it, it rubbed all of us the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, we're – whatever situation we're dealt with, 
we want to improve the next year. And as coaches, we're trying to improve in our areas to help the team win and team get better. So I focus a lot on the base running, focus a lot on the defense, focus a lot on my body trying to get back into shape so I can be here and be ready to, you know, get these guys to work. So, I mean, disconnect for me. If I can sit on a beach for about a week and a half, I'm good. You know what I mean? Give me some water, some shorts and flip-flop and a nice little cocktail in my hand for a week. I'm disconnected. All right, so next year, no surgeries in Hawaii. Can we, can we make that happen? <laughs> Absolutely. Can we make that happen? For sure. I'm putting that on the market. You know what? I'm going to go book a flight right now. I'm going to make it happen. Steve Sparks, we'll end on this. Steve Sparks, the old knuckleballer, yep. played for the A's a little bit, now does the Astros. He said his favorite thing about playoff baseball is exactly just what you talked about, is that now no one's playing for money. No one's playing for stats. No one's playing for my playoff baseball. Everybody's playing just to win. Yes. And what you just talked about, the little things, taking the extra base, securing the baseball, doing the little things. I know Letmus Diaz has been preaching this. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I don't know if we're going to get have a chance to talk to him. Well, hopefully we'll talk to him in Oakland. But he's been preaching this. Like, it's the little things that will take you from 50 wins to 60 wins, 60 wins to 70 wins, 70 to 80. It's the little things that win the game. The fantasy stats, the stats <laughs> that get you paid are all great. We love home runs. Yes. We love it. But it's the little – We have, each game's different. It's a sport, how you play the sport. The little things win you games day in and day out. 100%. I mean, that's – look, the makeup of our team, are we going to have guys that are going to bang 30 home runs? Hopefully we do. You know, hopefully Rooker can do what he does. You know, Langer's on the cusp. You know, Brownie has the capability and Noda and stuff like that. But it's all those other things that we have to do right. You know, last year we we got better when we started focusing on those things. So now we're holding them accountable to, okay, this is what we're trying to do and the importance of it every single day. I know our hitting philosophy and things that we're doing offensively is going to be a lot different than we have in the past and the focus of what we're doing. The intensity on the bases, you may see us getting thrown out the first week of, of, of spring, first or third, but that's going to be the focus of being that aggressive offensive team because we have the athletes to do it. No doubt. We have the athletes to put the pressure on the defense, going first or third and running in somebody's face. And we don't, you know, like I said, we, you talked about the Notas and the Langers. You had the Butlers. You had Nicky Allen. You had Ruiz. You had the, we have guys that can run. Right, We just have to put that aggressive mentality back into them. And so we're already starting to preach those things. We want to be that team where, look, if, you, if we're going to lose, it's because you beat us. It's not because we lost. You know I mean? You beat us, and, and we can live with that. But if we lose because we lost, that's not how we want to go about it. And if we go with that mentality, we're going to get more wins out of that. And you add the, you add the, the, the age now and, and them getting a little bit more experience and what, what to expect up here, and they know the importance of those little things, it's going to be a better year. Coaching staff's busting their ass. Oh, that's what we do. You know what I mean? I mean, we're, we're all in it for, for, because we love the game. You know, we want to we get it out to the players. And if the players see that we're busting our ass, then there's no reason why they can't bust their ass. It's going to be better. I'm yeah. telling you folks, it's going to be a lot better. Have a great spring. Be well, stay healthy, (laughs) stay healthy. We'll see you back in Oakland. Sounds good, Tony. We got more coming up next right here. We're going to end it right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from A's Spring Training, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All righty, one more before we're done. Day four, Cactus League. Action starts tomorrow. Noon will be first pitch. Right here on Ace Cast. But Joe Pond runs his facility. He's run it for 10 years. 
And this facility's beautiful. What they provide for you for spring training is pretty awesome. And they got a lot of new tricks. And so every year we bring on Joe Pun to talk about all the new things that are here at Ho Cam Stadium. We got a new Ho Cam Hazy beer that you can only buy here. Here's Joe Pun. Well, this is becoming an annual thing. Joe, it's great to have you back on the program. Dude, always a pleasure. Love having you guys out here. You know what the best part is? It's like the calm before the storm. Like we're watching the field get done. We're watching all your people put the stadium together. That means baseball's happening this Saturday. Can't wait. I know, man. And as you guys already talked about, the weather is perfect. I mean, night and day from last season. Clouds are out here. Like you said, we're getting the finishing touches. It's uh, it's a great time of year. Yeah, when you think about I mean, perfect weather for baseball. We're going to have it. I mean, down here in the Valley of the Sun, it's been, I've been down here since Friday. It's been absolutely, can't get any better. And you know, the one thing, and I, we really noticed it at, at fantasy camp, uh, being over at Fitch and being over here, is you cannot beat the desert sunsets and sunrises. They're breathtaking. 100%. I mean, we get here probably around 4.30 in the morning. So we get to see the sunrise in the stadium every game day. We'd call it Dawn Patrol. Um, beautiful. Unbelievable. And we're here to, at night, too, so we see the sunset. And you're right. It's just like perfect painted skies. You got the backdrop to the stadium. Baseball was just played. I mean, you just can't beat it. Now, one of the cool things, we're going to get into the beer, but we got the merch this year because this is 10 years at the stadium. Yeah. 10 years. I know. How did man. that happen? I don't know. You tell me. It's, uh, and consequently, 10 years for me as well. I help open the stadium. Did so. you, are you, so when we came over from Phoenix Muni, yep. you've been here all 10 years? All 10 years. Yeah. So I got hired right after the last season at Muni, and Muni was an awesome place. I mean, we have fond memories there as well. Um, but opening this stadium and, and to say that was a decade ago, just mind blowing. You know, my kids are all like, my daughter was two years old when we started. Now she's 12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about. But, yeah, 10 years. 10 years in Hohokam. And we've seen some. we got to get some for the Ace Cast guys. Where's all? We say everybody's got the gear. Oh, 100%, man. We'll, so we'll can we? Per, can they purchase this? Yeah, they can. So uh, out in the team shop, you need know, to take a look at it. We got a nice little dad hat. I've, they got some more merch coming in. Uh, we got pins, which is always like a I huge I love the thing. A's on the side, which is the, sweet. Yeah, we got the A's on the side. Um, a lot of it is limited, so I do recommend getting out there and checking it out early. But they have a, a ton of selection in there. Um, other stuff regarding the stadium, too, like we got some artwork, um, all the new hats. I think you got the new lid right there, the gold one. Yeah, this for spring training. Which is sweet. I mean, this is one of the best we've ever had. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so they got all that stuff right now. Um, it's it's going to be great. Now, the one thing that I hope is not going to sell out, which I think is going to be a big seller, is this right here. When you're coming down, because you know, a lot of fans are watching this, right? and they're going to be coming down, we have the Stadium Hazy. Right. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I know, man. This Seriously. Was so I'm really excited about this. This is actually brewed by 12 West. Um, they're a local Mesa business. They've got a downtown brewery just a couple of miles from the stadium. It's a great place to go after the game. Um, oh, yeah. We see them. I see them down there. Um, you'll yeah. see the yeah. advertising. Yeah, yeah, they're great partners of ours. They're like-minded, just really good dudes. Um, they do our craft landing over here, which is open to everybody in the stadium, get draft beer. 
but we wanted to come up with something special. And uh, last year we were thinking about doing a custom beer, never materialized. And then this year was just a perfect storm. We got this great new logo that, you know, John and marketing came up with, and then they came up with the it's design sweet. of uh, the stadium silhouette. And then we call it the Ho Cam Hazy. It's a uh, low ABV. Ho Cam Hazy. The Ho Cam Hazy, man. <laughs> Nothing. And you better. can only get this here. You can only get it here. That's so. Correct. You're saying yeah. like I cannot go to their brewery and get it? Um, they might have some on tap there. Uh, but this is a stadium exclusive. Uh, so you can get the the can here. So I'm I'll not going anywhere it. into a local liquor store or a, or a grocery store. I can only get this here. And the and and the can design is awesome. Yeah, man, it's beautiful. So it's, it's great. Um, another great thing about this too, is that we're always looking to give back. So uh, a portion of every sale of the beer here is going to go back to uh, fight human trafficking. So we're working together with 12 West, um, big thing that's happening down there at the border in Arizona. So, you know, all around like great beer, tastes awesome, cool cans, celebrating 10 year anniversary, giving back to the community. I think it's a win everywhere. So. No doubt about it. And you know, for A's fans right now, you come down. I mean, this is such a no-brainer. Remember, you can only, the whole cam hazy, you can only get right here. And as you said, proceeds go to help human trafficking. Um, you know, that's one thing that you guys and your staff do such a great job. And, you know, sometimes I get sentimental when I come down here. And so I was just walking the concourse a little bit ago, and I go walking up, and there's the big thing at Dave Stewart. And then there's the... There's the big picture. It's got Mark McGuire mm -hmm. and they got the forearm bash going and he's doing it with Dave Parker. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about the good old days. And I know for a lot of A's fans, it's, you know, it means something. So to come down here, uh, your staff does a great job, an absolute great job. It's a great presentation, represents our organization so well. The stadium uh, still holds up great. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we, we take a lot of pride in this building and, you know, everybody that works here, um, it's just a family, you know, and we've been this way for the last 10 years. I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of the same individuals for, for 10 seasons. They come back, they want to be a part of spring training, they want to be a part of the, the athletics, they want to be a part of um, just the atmosphere and the experience that we do here. And I think that's what sets us apart. You, you know, you can go around the valley with, and there's tons of other great stadiums to watch baseball. But Ho Cam with the history here, it's a lot smaller. It's got that old school spring training feel, you know, where you're up close and personal. You get to see the players. There's no bad seat in the house. The weather's great. Most people don't realize you go to the second level and you can see all of the mountains back there right behind the scoreboard. Um, this place is special, man. And I love it when you guys come down. It's, it's great. Life gets breathed into this place when the players are back. So. You know, I brought the family down early for a little vacation during President's Day weekend, and I was in, I was in uh, Scottsdale in that Kierlin area, and I was mm -hmm. in a in a store, and I actually had my A stuff on, and a guy asked me, and we started talking. His college plays here, yeah. So it was like it, it, it was like, oh yeah, I play at that stadium. I, I get he's at a, I think a junior college somewhere around here, and it's amazing how much joy this place brings beyond when we're here 100 yeah benedictine is a college that's right down the street they play a lot of their games here uh we have a lot of high school baseball championship games here so that's it he's naia oh okay that is that what they yep, are they, that's the yep. school yeah 
Um, and the other thing too is that the WAC tournament's played here. So really, yeah, it's really interesting. So GCU plays here, and in fact, um, Jacob Wilson, who's on our team now, he's played here multiple times in the WAC tournament, get to the College World Series. So this place doesn't lie dormant. I mean, we definitely use it. The city uses it. Um, goodwill for the community, getting more uh, teams out here, play on a professional baseball field. Um, and then we have like men's senior league baseball. So it does get used. Yeah. But this is the time right here when the but A's come back. This is the time. This is the time. That 10 we get years. All You've been up. doing this 10 years. I've been doing it 10 years. You don't man. look old enough to do this for 10 years. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It does. It does go quick. I was early 30s when I started and I am no longer that. Let's just say that. But um, it's been great. Um, I loved every second of it. There's so many great memories, cool things that have happened here over the, the course of 10 spring trainings. And uh Hopefully many more to come. Now, if someone can't get down, are they able to go somewhere and buy this online? Um, I'd have to double check, but you'd probably look at like MLB shop. They might have some stuff on there. Fanatics.com. Because this like is like, you know, this is an anniversary stuff. So this stuff, this is why you have to buy this because if you can't come here this year, it's not going to be here next year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very limited, too. I mean, that's the other thing. Um. But yeah, I would check online, see if we have anything on there. But for sure, the one guaranteed way to get some of this merch is to come down. And to get the beer, and the hazy, the, beer. Yeah. the whole cam hazy. Now, and I'm biased. I mean, obviously, I helped with, put it together and try to figure out what Did we wanted. Did you help design but, the beer? Um, I told them, like, what we wanted. I can't say that I was had any part of, like, brewing it or putting hops or whatever in there. But I was like, hey, this is what we're looking for. And straight out the gate, I think, knocked it out of the park. I, I think it tastes great, man. So how much has been sold here already? Oh, well, we haven't opened yet. So Saturday. Oh, so Saturday's the first time people get to experience Saturday's it? Saturday's the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. So That is and, awesome. And the weather's going to be like today, so it's perfect. It's right, nice and refreshing. I mean, it's going to be baseball, sunshine, spring training, Hocam, 12 West Hocam Hazy. You're well, good. Well, I'm just going to tell you, this is a highlight of our year every single year because, you know, the way seasons work, you never know. Yeah. But this is always a highlight. And I can't thank you enough for what you guys do for us because obviously, you know, our show is so unique. There's not many, not many teams in Major League Baseball right now doing live shows. Right from the field, having all the players and everything. You make that happen for us every single year. So thank you very much. Thank you. Man. I really appreciate everything you do for Cody and I and for Ace Cast. It, it means a lot for our fans. Well, no, we appreciate you guys, too. We love having you guys out. And to that point, you know, we love showcasing everything that we have going on here. So we really appreciate you guys talking about spring training, coming out to Mesa, talking with the players, getting everybody excited. It's great. So thank you. It all starts Saturday. Indeed. Right here at Ho Camp Stadium. Make sure you get the merch. Make sure you get the beer. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Hard to believe that's going to be it. Four days of action here. Four days in Arizona. Until next year. Well, you'll still be here. but I'm here till Tuesday. The great Johnny D. Yeah, you'll hear me uh, on the call with uh, my expert analysis is what we're going to call it. Yeah. And if you ball, you'll get the call again. On... Sunday and Tuesday with Johnny D. Well, uh, for a making my analyst debut. First, first game, our first uh, edition. They kind of, of my future. I'm not really a play-by-play -play guy. Analyst, talking head, more, more my speed. Well, but TV hosting is a whole different ballgame. Yes, I, I wouldn't know, but um, you do a nice job with both. And our first edition of 
know your – I don't know who we're playing on Monday. I just looked at the schedule. Uh, actually, With Johnny? No, Johnny. Johnny, first edition of Know Your D-backs on Monday. <laughs> ah. Then you guys have Cleveland. So Who's the all-time home run leader for the D-backs? Ooh. It's got to be Gonzo, right? We'll, we'll, we'll save it. I don't want to look it up right now. Save it. We'll be surprised. What if it's like – yeah, it has to be Gonzo. All-time. Oh, Goldschmidt maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All-time leader in wins has to be Randy Johnson. He won four straight Cy Youngs, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, Bra- it's not Brandon Webb. Kidding. It's probably Randy Johnson he, or he, Schilling. No, we're not. can't even be close to Schilling. Did Randy Johnson won four straight Cy Youngs and was there for quite a bit. Randy Johnson. Schilling wasn't there that long. John, it is Randy Johnson. Yeah, it's got to be. I know my D-backs. Here are snakes. Who's the winningest manager in D-backs history? All questions Johnny D might get hit with. Bob Brenly? Nope. Former A. Former A. Took him to the World Series last year. Lavello? Torrey's the leader. Well, he's done a lot of lo- – he's got to be the losingest, too. Is this because <laughs> he's the longest tenured? Uh, Johnson, 118 wins. Second, Brandon Webb, 87. I was going to say, I-, I knew Brandon Webb, but Brandy Johnson won four size. I mean, that was – Hell, Zach Granke's fifth and wins the <laughs> with the D-backs. Um, know your D-back knowledge. Tony Womack, most stolen bases? Uh, it's I'm on, I'm on the I'm on the pitching page because we were looking at wins. Who was the third baseman when they won the World Series? Matt Williams, the big Marine. Jay Bell was a shortstop. Pirate great. Tony Womack, second base. Another pirate. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, Finley was there, center fielder, right? Steve Finley was there. Gonzo. Gonzo. Mark Grace at first base. The, uh, it, in the, the yum Yum Kim was the closer. closer yeah, <laughs> who uh, gave it up at Yankee Stadium. Torrey has a Torrey has four hundred ninety five career wins, five hundred thirty seven career losses. Oof. Know your snakes this Monday. Uh, then Tuesdays, know your. What's the name of the ballpark? Oh, I know it. But does Johnny know it? What is it? Chase Field. Still? Yeah. I thought it was changing. Oh, it's it was Chase from last. It thing used I to be the bank, or what was it? it used to be. Yeah, something like that. Um, then Tuesdays, know your Guardians. What was their name before the Guardians? How many number one overall picks have the Guardians had? Who was their first? Who was their first draft oh, pick? Oh, you got to ask that. If yeah. he doesn't know that, we will be all over him. Um, actually, Gonzo is all-time leader. Who Hans. was the first pick of the Cleveland Indians? If he doesn't know that, we will we will just actually skate. We will. Who was the first pick, draft pick ever, by the Cleveland Indians? If he doesn't know that, he's getting fired. Womack also a leader in stolen bases. Womack? Guess, guess who's second? Just did like, guess did who, I call yeah, it? Guess who's second? Know your snakes? Do I not know the snakes? Uh, Goldschmidt's second at 124. Also, their lead, second in home runs, too. I have actually been to a D-back game before. Oh, at their stadium? Yeah. At my bachelor party weekend, we came to a game. Oh, okay. See, only I never been down here when the A's were down here. I've been to one D-back game. I've never been to a Suns game. I've worked Raiders, Cardinals at Glendale. 
And I've never been to a Coyotes game. Well, they played a they play at Mullet Arena, which is where Arizona State plays. I've been to every spring training facility. Well, all starts tomorrow. No, I haven't been to a Suns game. Well, is the gorilla still around? Yes, he's still the mascot. One of the great mascots in NBA history. Uh, who are we thanking today? Zach Geloff, Brent Rooker, Paul Blackburn, J.P. Sears, Joe Boyle, Eric Martins, Seth Brown, Joe Pun. Did I forget anyone? We had eight people today? Did I forget anyone? Did I say J.P. Sears? No, I don't think you did. No. That's nine. We had nine people today? Yeah. Told you. No, there is nobody who covers a Major League Baseball team better than we do. And we still have a couple guys to play on Monday. Oh, we got more on Monday. We got stuff we haven't played for you. As I said, when we cover and we come down, we cover this like a snuggie. We go to the we go to the winter meetings. We cover it like a snuggie. We take care of business. That's what we do here. We want to thank everybody who has watched the last four days. We get back to normal starting on Monday. We will be two hours before first pitch, Monday through Friday, all through spring training, and then we get into our regular season programming schedule. Thank you, everybody, for watching A's Cast Live from the Valley of the Sun. We'll be back 10 a.m. on Monday. Enjoy the first game tomorrow at noon right here on A's Cast. But thank you for listening and watching A's Cast Live from spring training. Hey, Oakland A's fans, join your team this spring in Mesa. With nonstop flights direct from Oakland, there's never been a better time to head to the Southwest. Surrounded by the stunning Sonoran Desert, spring training fans know why Arizona is the perfect spring break escape. Miles of trails, shoreline, and sunshine combine for an unforgettable Arizona adventure. There's simply no shortage of things to do, see, and discover in Mesa. Get your visitor's guide at visitmesa.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.